FGC Jump Squad, your premier Tekken podcast. Everybody, this is FGC Job Squad episode 16. I'm your host Kadar, aka Kadizi, and I'm here with my co-host Ian, aka Pickle, and we have a very special guest today. We got Rixta, one of the coolest players out there, one of the <laughs> biggest names, uh, top commentator, top commentator, top player. What's up, Rixta? Thanks for coming on, bro. Man, that's a yeah. Man, a lot of praise right off the rip. I like that. You guys, you guys are good at podcasting right off the right off the start. You know, I like that. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me, though. I'm 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 excited to be here for sure. Yeah. No, I've had to like kind of condition myself on how to be a host. It's actually really <laughs> annoying. I cringe at myself when I li- I like always skip this part of the podcast when I listen back. It's like, <laughs> but um, yeah. So every week we kick off this humble little podcast of ours by asking you your origin story. So. How'd you get into video games before, you know, the competitive, you know, getting into competitive games and all that? How'd you get into games in general? Ooh, uh, so basically, I, I feel like I've always had uh, video games around in my life. I was like, it's it's really hard to like pinpoint like an origin because I, I remember like seeing, you know, Nintendos at like my family friend's house or uh, eventually we ended up getting a Genesis when I was a kid. But Overall, it's just like video games have always been around. Like I even remember like my parents, like my mom would be addicted to Tetris. She would have a Game Boy and she would just constantly be playing that. And it's like, you know, it's things like that. Would It's like when you always see it around, it's like, I want to do that. You know, what is what's so interesting about this? So, you know, I would, I would watch my mom play Tetris, something then I'd play. And then it's like I'd watch my brother play Street Fighter, which is pretty much I would think is like the start of the fighting game aspect for me. It was my brother, you know basically forcing me to play against him so that he could just beat me up in Street Fighter 2 with, like, the cheesiest Guile strats or the cheesiest <laughs> Dalsam strats and, like, not teach me how to play the game, you know, like some older <laughs> brother stuff. So, it was, you know, like, but early on, though, like, that's kind of just how, like, I don't know, I just I just fell in love with it over, like, just video games in general, just always something that, I don't know, I just wanted to pass the time with and it was always something that I always felt like was there uh all the time and especially during my leisure time too because the bigger thing wasn't necessarily the video games but the arcade arcade for me uh was the like the the thing that i love doing the most was just going to arcades and i think that's kind of also where a lot of the fighting game like just seeing it all the time you know just from any every arcade i went to i would see a fighting game so i'm like i want to play that you know want to see what these characters are all about and so that was just kind of the the experiment of it all was going to arcades experimenting with so many different games and then eventually finding finding the ones that you like and uh yeah i mean just video games and arcades in general were like my childhood uh how how old's your brother like you got a big family or a small family or what uh so my brother's actually he's uh like 11 years older than me my family i'm the youngest of four but i'm there's a pretty big gap between myself and the second youngest uh it's like eight years or so so it's you know like my older brother he was he was definitely by the time i got good enough to beat him in fighting games he had already stopped playing so you know he already had that excuse of uh i'm not i'm not I don't <laughs> damn play this game that anymore. happened to me too dude <laughs> i beat yeah. my brother in tekken 
I think it was Tekken six, and he used yep. to mass in Tekken three. You know, <laughs> like that. That's how big the gap was. And he was like, "Whatever, dude. If I would have played you ten years ago, I would have messed you up." You know, I'm like, "Okay, goddamn." <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the that's the family that's the family style, though, man. So. I mean, they, this is it's it was always like that with my brother. But overall, though, it was always competitive between us with uh, fighting games, even though the fighting games that we played, like he was more into like Street Fighter 2. Like he was a like a liquor store 7-Eleven Street Fighter player. I would call him, you know, like the ones that say <laughs> you can't throw, you know, those are cheap. Like he was that kind of Street Fighter player. So it was oh, one of those man. it was one of those like things where I grew up and I found out about that. I'm like, oh, man, really? I thought you were like, <laughs> I thought we were, you were like really playing, you know, but. Nah, that's cool though. This is one of those things where it's like when I finally found out how to play fighting games, and I played my brother. I was like, "Damn, if I knew this back then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I knew this back then, man, oh, you got lucky." But yeah, just overall, it's like my family. I definitely think is a big influence on my uh, on just video games in general, especially like the arcade thing. I I talked about earlier, like the reason why I went to the arcade so much was because my oldest sister she would take me there so often. You know, like uh, just as like a way to pass time. You know, she had to babysit me for a bit. So she would take me to the arcade, and I guess I just kind of fell in love with uh, that video games and fighting games and all that just because of that. Where, where did you grow up? Are you were you SoCal the, your whole yeah life? SoCal the whole way? Torrance. Uh, I've been living here for a while. Uh, the arcade I used to visit the, all the time was this arcade called Aladdin's Castle. It was in the Delamo Mall, and uh, I used to go there so much just before I even played Tekken. And then when when Tekken ended up becoming a part of like my routine of going to the arcade that was like my main stopping ground for sure what tekken was this all right so tekken for me like when i started playing tekken was tekken tag tournament one would be the first tekken like i really got into competitively and the main reason was that was because i met a friend in middle school uh old school tekken heads might know him as g machine he was an oscar player back in tekken 5 um but when I met him in middle school, he introduced me to Tekken and just kind of showed me all the the things about the game. And he was showing me videos of Tekken Tag Tournament 1. And I remember, you know, at the time, like the the big like gimmick during that era was crossover, like tag fighting games, you know, like uh, X-Men for Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, those kind of games. So seeing that with the 3D aspect and Tekken was really cool to me. And I was like, I want to I want to learn how to play this. And then he started showing me like Tekken three because I did, I never really even cared about Tekken like even though I had played Tekken one I didn't really know much about it until Tekken three when like my when he showed it to me he's like all right I'm gonna show you this one thing and then he just shows me like a multi throw with King and I was like that's a wrap You're like yeah you gotta teach me how to do that you gotta teach me how to do that and then once once he taught me how to do that then he started teaching me how to button buffer and I'm like this doesn't make any sense and then. And, you know, like we were scrubs, but it's like we're, he's teaching me, you know, knowledge that I didn't know about the game. And seeing things like that just like blew my mind. I was like, I got to learn how to do this, you know. So it's kind of where a lot of it started for me. That's crazy. Like being taught like button buffering and stuff like that by someone like just at the arcade. I would assume like you'd have to learn all that stuff like online or something like that. But like, how are you? Were you just picking up the game through other people and just like at the arcade and stuff? Oh, Initially, yeah, for sure. It was uh, through a lot of just like my friend teaching me how to play as well as the arcade. But more than anything, it was the Internet. It was definitely like forums, right? Like Tekken Zaibatsu. When I started playing like for like. uh... Actually, I'll take that back because Tekken Zaibatsu didn't become a thing for me until later Tekken's, I guess. Uh, Early on, I I think there were other forums, but I didn't use them too much because I was still too young. You know, so I didn't really like know or understand the game so much. 
Like I, I, I'm even if I knew like button buffering, I didn't know like what a Korean backdash was, you know. So like my knowledge of the game was a little different. Like I knew, right. I knew like sick combos. I knew how to do like sick combos and impress the people at the arcade. But it'll take me like seven bucks before I even hit that combo in one one match, and has to be <laughs> against the worst player there, you know. Like that's <laughs> that's what I would do. Like, but I would know the combos, you know, because I'd watch, I would download videos from the internet, and you know, I would watch a lot of combo videos and things like that. And I think that's kind of where a lot of my knowledge initially started was from combo videos. And that's crazy because combo videos don't teach you how to play the game. They just teach you how to do damage. And it's not even like necessarily the coolest damage or the best damage, but it was just something I was like, ah, that looks sick. If I do that in front of a bunch of people, they'll say something, you know, it's like (laughs) something like that. Right. Dude, that's, that's such a different area. Just like, or era, just like downloading videos and like all that stuff. And (laughs) like, how how old are you at this time? Ah, middle school. When I met in middle school, so I must've been like, 11 10 11 something like that so uh, yeah it was around it was definitely around that time where i was just like i was constantly going to the arcades and just playing playing tekken and just trying to learn how to play the game but uh, it was a lot of money spent and a lot of not learning because (laughs) i didn't know what i was doing you know i was just playing the game to have fun and you know realistically at the end of the day that's all that matters right i was having fun i was enjoying my time but you know, I definitely wish that if I had known that I was going to play Tekken for so long, I would. I wish I would have spent my time a little bit better and like trying to <laughs> learn something. Dude, that's like the craziest thing that I can't relate to because I, I was not an arcade kid. I think that was probably before my time. Um, mm. They were super popular, but just the money that you'd spend—that's like so ludicrous to me. It's like, like I can't even imagine it now. Like that's it, the business model is insane. Like, I mean, and and for us back then too, it was cheaper. Like especially nowadays, the. Uh, when the arcades existed, but it's like, you know, they, they, they would charge like a dollar or something back then. It was like 25, 50 cents. The fact that even SoCal, we managed to, (laughs) bro. So I remember San Diego having the biggest issue. They had to play, they had to pay a buck 50 to play Tekken six. Oh my God. (laughs) Two rounds. It was, it was, it was, it was so bad that San Diego players just drove up to SoCal. Cause they're like, I'll spend gas and pay less money buying these games, you know? Yeah, wasn't it like a quarter at Super and uh, Video? Yeah, just a quarter of, at Super Arcade and Video ninety four. I don't know how we did that either. Like we we Eris must be really good at at like managing this because I don't know how we managed to get two places to to make it twenty five cents. I we we robbed them. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh man. So so it, I guess during the tag tag one area, what would you find out about any tournaments, or were you just kind of still playing for fun? Uh, definitely more for fun, but whenever tournaments did happen, like at the arcade, because the arcade that I went to, Aladdin's Castle, was also a Namco-sponsored arcade, so or Namco-owned arcade, I guess. So a lot, you know, they would have uh, official tournaments there, and one of the tournaments that I remember them having was a, uh, th- I think it's the tournaments that end up leading to the Tekken Tag World Championships. So the tournament at the, my arcade was like the regionals or something. So if you won that, you go on to the nationals, etc. Uh, I got washed. I like I did terrible, but Actually, no. I beat someone's little sister at that tournament. I remember. That was my first tournament victory ever. <laughs> I always forget about that. But yeah, my first tournament victory ever was against someone's little sister. I got booed. I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Not like when, when Jimmy beat uh, Yu Yu and everyone just booed him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but yeah, other than, other than the tournaments like that, like it'd be like free tournaments at the arcade. I'd, enter, I'd always enter them. Like if I knew that they were coming, I'd be like, oh, you know, I want to practice. And so, you know, I'd play Tekken 3. I even like would buy, I bought I remember Tekken 2 because I wanted to learn how to play some old characters in tag that were in tag one that weren't in Tekken 3, like June and Lei. We're not Lei, June and uh, 
uh, Kunimitsu or something really dumb. And then, you know, I wasted my money doing that. But yeah, cause like, it's like way different, right? Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, you do it just because you really wanted, ah, I wanted to learn about the game. I wanted to do well at these tournaments, you know, and I knew that even at the end of the day, the tournaments weren't like, you know, it wasn't like a big thing, but, you know, just seeing how you, how you stacked up against other people was always nice. And so I always loved entering tournaments. And I think that that's kind of held true to, to, to today. Like I, if there's a tournament that's happening and I can enter, I'll enter it usually. Dude, that's awesome. So is this at the point where you're kind of getting serious or was it probably a later Tekken game where you're just like, okay, I got to grind. Practice? Definitely a later Tekken game because actually, so right around the time tag one stopped being played, I think Tekken four was about to come out and uh, I got into high school around this time. So, you know, in high school priorities shifted a little bit. I was just kind of like dicking around doing other things, but uh, Tekken four came out. I remember playing it for a little bit and thinking, you know, the game's fun, right? But it's not tag one. It's not my the Tekken that I, I played and I, I liked, but I did enjoy it. I've played in tournaments. I even went to um, Southern Hills Golfland for Tekken 4 tournaments, which is, you know, I'm thankful for that because Southern Hills Golfland was like the, like in SoulCal, it's like the mecca for fighting game, you know, players in terms of like the arcade experience, right? And by the time I was able to drive, the that place closed down. So I, just oh, to be able, yeah. just the fact that I was able to even go to those to to those tournaments uh and see Bronson get tossed in a pool and things like that it's like <laughs> it's like i'm glad i was able that tekken 4 existed and i was able to do that because without without tekken 4 you know i would have maybe never gone to some of those golf line you know because why was it, it so like iconic like why i've heard it you know before from other players but why was it so uh such a big arcade if you think of all of, like the soul cal like fighting game legends pretty much all of them can trace their roots like to Southern Hills Golfland. Like if you you can even go back to like Valle Watson, you know, all the Street Fighter heads would all go to Southern Hills Golfland from SoCal. NorCal I think is like, you know, Sunnyvale Golfland maybe. Uh they have they had their own spots, right? But and then like in, even the SoCal, but the thing about Southern Hills Golfland was that because they had every single like fighting game and you had all these great fighting game players there, it was like, all right, look, you have Alex Valle there. He's playing Street Fighter and he loses, right? So now he's off the machine. Well, he has 25 cents and he put his, you know, he put his quarter up on Street Fighter, but he looks around and he plays Tekken, you know? So now he's already, you know, a great Tekken player as well as a Street Fighter player because he's playing at that one arcade where all these top yeah. players are playing everything, you know? And back then too, like, especially in the arcade days, you'd have more players that played everything. Like, uh, like seeing uh, uh, a Street Fighter player play Tekken nowadays is very rare and vice versa. But back then you would see like, you know, Vae, he would enter every, every game, right? You would see guys like, um, uh, Devil X, like he would be like one of the best players in Marvel, but also top tier street, uh, top tier uh, Tekken player as well. So Southern Hills Golfline in that regard was really good at at breeding like high level players in multiple games, even though it wasn't like really known for one game. It was known for so many different games. That's pretty awesome. And you mentioned the whole Bronson getting thrown in a pool. We've had like three guests reference that. <laughs> so like, can you, do you have any like your, your funniest memories and stuff? Because we we've heard that one like th- like. It's kind of crazy. I feel like how many people are there? I feel like it's a crazy moment. But like, do, do you have any funny memories? The funny thing about that was that, dude, like, because I was a scrub, so no one knew me. So I was just a just a you know a blank face in the crowd. But I just remember seeing Bronson. Well, I didn't see him actually get thrown in the pool. I was there though, so because I, I remember he walked out of the arcade dry and he came back wet. <laughs> so <laughs> I can only assume he got tossed into a pool, right? And I remember him walking up and he's drenched and he's sticking his arms out. You know, like how you would like you know, stick your arms out to dry yourself. <laughs> yeah. And, I remember he had to go play and he, he plays and he sits down on the, on the stool and he, 
he told me this, but I didn't. And I remember him telling me, like, when I sat down, it went squish. And I was like, <laughs> I can't play like this. So he stood up and they lost the set. <laughs> so I was like him waving his hands like a bird or some shit. <laughs> I mean, those are just like, that was just one incident there. I mean, that. Southern Hills Golf Line, I can't. I, I know for sure, like, there's a lot of stories that happen there, but I've only been there a few times. To like, it's just the fact that I even have one story like that is crazy in my mind because <laughs> just because I've only been there like two or three times, I can't really remember anything else. But that one definitely sticks out. Do you play any Tekken? Or I guess we can get to Tekken Five. Did you play Tekken Five? You, Tekken Five is definitely where it became uh, my. That's where the competitiveness came in for me. Uh, Tekken 4, like, you know, I going to Sunday's Golf and playing there was cool. And I got to see a lot of top players that I never thought I would see or play against. And then Tekken 5 came around. And I wasn't into Tekken all that much when it dropped in the arcades. I was kind of like, uh, just because I, I hadn't played Tekken 4 in such a long time. Like, Tekken kind of, you know, fell off of the map for me for in a, in a bit. But then... When I saw the Tekken 5 came out and it was everywhere, like that arcade machine, you could find it everywhere. It must have been real cheap because like you could go to a bowling alley. You can go to a random, you know, mini mini golf place, which is where I played. I played at this place called Mulligans, which is just a random mini golf place. that was never known to have fighting games, but they had Tekken. And that's why I went to go play. And I kind of got hooked straight up because of that stupid uh, IC card thing where you can get like leg warmers for Oscar or something (laughs) dumb like that. So I got addicted to that aspect of it. And I didn't really like try to play the game until uh, the first day I saw Tom Hilfiger and Arario show up. And like, so I didn't, I knew Tom, Tom, I met a long time ago during tag one and like, I knew he was hella good at Tekken. So it was shocking to me that he was still playing the game at that point. And then he brings this other Korean kid here whose name's Arario, who I didn't know at the time. So I just thought he was his younger brother or something. And he is fucking up everybody there. And like, I'm sitting there thinking like, bro, I've never seen this guy before. I'm like, I've been playing since tag one. Like this guy, this kid can't be that good. And he is fucking us up. And I'm just thinking, how do I do that? Yeah, like I, 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 you see, you see what happened again. Like the same thing I said from from when I learned it in middle school. When I was like, "How do I do that? Like, how do I do that? Yeah. You know, it's I, the same feeling. I'm not even joking. It's like that's what I felt like when I saw that. I was like, "How do I do that? How do yeah. I win in such a like effortless way? Because that's what it looked like. It looked effortless, and I was getting pissed because I was like, "I'm working hard. <laughs> They're making it effortless. I want to, I want it to be effortless yeah. too." Who, so who did Radio uh, play in this Jack? Five, right? Jack, Jack, and Jack sucked in Tekken Five. Like, but this is you know this is a little bit before we found out all the real cheap shit about Tekken Five. But yeah. even then, it's like he was able to do so much with such a weak character in that game because his fundamentals were so so strong. So yeah. that was always like such a, a a key part about it. And I wish that he would like when he when he played, even when he wasn't playing, he was hella good. Damn, it must have been when he just moved from Georgia or some shit because you never yeah. Seen him like yeah, yeah, it was definitely like the first time I think he he just moved to SoCal. So I didn't realize that at that time it, he was going to be like the guy that was going to just fuck up every tournament in SoCal for the for the next couple of years. You know, like as soon as he came, it was basically him, Araria, or him, a Tom Hill figure. It was like they were the two that just kept going back and forth in SoCal. And so as a as you know, just a new player, I was like, well, I'm not trying to beat them. So I'm just trying to beat whoever is like kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, so at, so my my so then you know my goals end up just being like, well, rather than compete with like the top of the top, I want to compete with the at least whoever's around. You know, like whoever goes to these arcades and plays because if I can compete with them, 
you know, they're going to end up playing these tournaments. And if I can beat them, I'll beat them in tournament. You know, that's that's kind of how my mindset was. So I just started going to every arcade. I went to every single arcade that was like just within like 50 miles. So if there was like Family Fun Arcade was one of the big ones, then that's where you would see players like uh, the Lancaster guys like uh, Tekken Tim, Just Frame James. And then, you know, if you go more to the east, it would be like a Camelot, which is kind of more like where Super Arcade-ish is. But that was that area is I met Rip, actually. And so, like, that kind of just became like when I started seeing Rip at like so many different arcades because he started doing the same thing. So I saw him. I remember seeing Rip at Vid94 and FFA in the same day. And those places are mad far from each other. And we did not drive together. We drove separately. So at that point, we got to the Vid94. We looked at each other like, we should just, (laughs) man, just just drive me one day. You know, it's like this kind of this how it felt because we kept seeing each other. And so it just ended up being like that. Like the more you go to these arcades, and that's kind of the sick thing about it back then was that because the arcades and there were so many of them, uh, like you have, you built some of these rivalries, at least within your own region. And then, because of that, you know, like FFA guys would drive over to, you know, Super Arcade or vice versa. And they, you know, they would have these battles where it's like less about, it was just more about pride than anything else. You know, you just wanted to to beat them and show that you were the best in SoCal. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The whole arcade rivalries and just like just traveling yeah. around all the arcades in the area. That's like, man, that's really cool. Like we have it so easy now. You just, fuck, you, yeah, I mean, online sucks, but you can just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey man, but you so don't far. but you don't have to you don't have to drive in traffic to get into online <laughs> that's what <Right>. they <laughs> that's funny yeah so when we talked to rip he, he definitely mentioned that just driving all around i think he was like in college at this time or something like that and just making the rounds and stuff like that but at this time do you play on console or were you just strictly playing in the arcade Ooh, uh, i mean for tekken 5 5.0 5. was a weird one because that game came out on console really fast like it, it was only in arcades for like a I want to say six months, seven months. So by the time it came out on console, you know, everyone's playing it on console. That's like pretty much all we had because all the arcades by that point, they started getting, they were supposed to get upgrades. They were supposed to get like a 5.1 upgrade and no arcades got it because they were like, you know, we just bought this machine and then, you know, you guys put it on console so fast. So why bother upgrading the arcade if you're just going to, you know, put it on console again? So it became, it almost became like we were forced out of the arcades into console it, until Super Arcade ended up getting DR, which I think kind of, it definitely helped Soul Cal Tekken because if we didn't have DR, I don't know if we'd be playing Tekken. I don't know how many of us would still be playing Tekken, to be honest, because it really was the only place to play in Soul Cal for a while. So that's, that's, but that's, that's a little, that's a little further ahead though. 5.0, like, I think everyone played on console just because, you know, it was easy and it was cheap. And I think the one thing about it, too, was that you could buy a special edition Tekken 5.0 that came with a joystick. And that joystick was sick. It was like the easiest. It was the cheapest thing you could buy. And so everyone bought it, had a joystick. And so everyone could just have a joystick, go to a tournament, you know, with their with a cheap ass Tekken joystick and like compete in any tournament. And so with uh, consoles becoming like more prevalent in the fighting game scenes, the arcade scene started dying because of that. And so. It just became more. It just became harder and harder to play in arcades because they started existing less and less. And so we kind of had to adjust and learn how to play on console, which was, uh, you know, it's different. But it's it's the competition's there. But it's you know the arcade competition is 
different. You know, it's not there anymore. Yeah, you also lost like that gathering point, right? Like now you have yeah. to, someone has to host or something, right? I don't know how, how it worked during the console times. I'm assuming somebody had to host and then invite people over or whatever. Right. But... That's pretty much, that was pretty much it. Yeah. It's just like, you'd have to, you'd have to host like it, like for Wednesday night fights to exist, that it, Wednesday night fights existed just because it happened out of someone's apartment. I went to the first, like the first, first Wednesday night fights. I think I went to, and this was before it was even at someone's garage. It was in someone's apartment, you know? And so what? it just, it, it <laughs> built, it built from, from that, you know? And like that whole, like, uh, gathering aspect that, that idea came from an arcade, you know, like, because the arcade aspect of just allowing open doors, anyone can come in here yeah. and play, you know, it's like that aspect of it is not so easily obtainable nowadays. Yeah. Who, who's the one that, that uh, hosted the, the first uh, Wednesday Night Fights? His name was Dentron. He was a dude in, I, damn, I forget where he lived, but it was, it was uh, he was just a Street Fighter player. And this was during Street Fighter 4. And so he hosted it in his uh, apartment. And it was just like... He just had a few setups in his in his apartment. Vaya was there, and I think Vaya ended up getting the idea that like if we because if we do this weekly, you know, maybe we can start streaming it, and then if we start streaming yeah. it, you know, maybe we can make something of it, and then obviously it became to what it is. Um, yeah, people who host out of their houses are champions. I mean, we we've, we've talked about Cody, uh, I Cody all the time. He runs yeah, CTL uh, for the San Diego scene. It's like people coming in with their shoes on, fucking mud. Like, <laughs> it's fucking insane. But people who do that, like they're champions of the scene it's the super underrated people yeah i mean I, I've, I've known cody for a while too he's he actually hosted uh uh ye machine myself and bronson during evo west uh it was the one in san diego i think for San. they had evo west at san diego comic-con right oh six i'm pretty sure yeah oh six or oh no actually this is oh seven i believe oh, okay. Uh, okay i there's a, there's a video okay i'll tell you guys this there's a video of ye machine he's playing he made top eight in this tournament and so he was playing against Orario. And if there's a, vi- I'm pretty sure that video is on YouTube. If you find it, you can hear myself screaming like crazy because I'm rooting for my boy, right? I'm like, I'm getting real obnoxious. You can hear Jaha rooting for Orario because that's his boy. So he's getting real obnoxious back. Debug. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> and so you have us two getting all obnoxious at each other. And then you have Valle in the background making noise and you can hear Bronson laughing. And it's like just. It's it's such a it's a funny video just because like it's like there's no one in the crowd but yet like four people make it sound like there's hella people in the crowd. <laughs> is, is this video still exist? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. I'm uh, I'm pretty sure it's it's there's few there's a few uh, different versions out there. All right, it'll be in the description, guys. To so scroll down, and if it's not, then you can find it. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's awesome. yeah, trust me. I I am the mo- if, if you don't know who I am, I'm the I'm the annoying one. <laughs> that was the goal that was the goal and i think i might have just annoyed my friend more than uh, the opponent but i had fun <laughs> oh man so you mentioned earlier that dr uh came to super arcade first so you guys were so when video 94 you guys were going there and uh for the quarter matches and stuff was that just 5.0 Ooh, five point no no dr was and dr was the the era of like the quarter time because super arcade and vid 94 at least for me personally i never went during the 5.0 era to those arcades because uh you know because 5.0 was so you know you could find it anywhere when dr came out dr was so rare that you really had to drive to only to super arcade to play it in socal there was really no other places uh so you know when i when i did go there it was always like the same routine. I'd go Super Arcade, play Hella, wait till they close. They go to Vid ninety four, play Hella, and then wait till they either kick us out or I get tired and then I go home. And then it was like just that routine for 
you know, for the weekend, just because it was one of those things where you knew that if you went, someone's going to be there. Right. And so that was always like one of those uh, moments. And then especially eventually we just started doing our own tournaments. Like we would start like running tournaments on Saturdays. I would just like drop a bracket or something because, you know, it's like the competition is what drives people, I believe. So I started running tournaments for not only for DR, but also for 5.0 and, uh, you know, just trying to keep people in, you know, competitively like engaged in the game. You held these at super. Some of them at super. Yes. Some of them at Vin 94, we would just have Ranbats. We called them Ranbats for, uh, for some of them, but more often than not, they were just random off, you know, just like tournaments that we would just like, all right, you guys want to run a tournament two weeks? <laughs> it's like, it'd just be like that. Mm-hmm. Like no, nothing real set up because, you know, it's like if people are there, they want to play, we'll we'll set it up. And, you know, that was like we had a, we had enough of a scene to support that. So that was always sick. That's awesome. So one of the things I mean, you're mentioning is, you know, doing the, you know, the smaller tournaments and stuff. But uh, were there any bigger tournaments that you kind of went to? I know Electric Cancel maybe might have been around this time or or the biggest tournaments that you went to that were kind of not weekly size. Mm, for me, actually, so electric electric cancel is actually a little before my time too, because I didn't, I really didn't start getting into tournaments until around Tekken five point So that was around two thousand four, two thousand five, and then for me, it was pretty much Evo. I I pretty much never traveled, so I was strictly like West Coast, SoCal, NorCal at most. You know, like I rarely went further than that. So pretty much, it was always just like. Evo was the big tournament for me. So it was a yearly, just, you know, go to Evo. That's the big tournament. And then it's like, there's other tournaments that happen around that, that area in, in SoCal. Like there would be like, uh, just random for 5.0. There's random, like Best Buy tournaments and random, like, you know, Scion dealership tournaments. Just, <laughs> it's like just the random, most random places you could have a tournament, but like those stop, those all disappeared when DR came out. So during that time, it was pretty much just all Evos and all, like, you know, anything FGC ran. So what's your, I guess, you know, I don't want to get too far, but best memory from, like, your first Evo? First Evo was 2005. What, damn, what happened that Evo? I mean, that was such a lot. Like, I remember that that was the Evo. They had a 5v5 exhibition between America and Japan for Tekken. And it was... uh I mean, at the time, I was thinking America is better than Japan, and so America won. But the the thing that really bothered me was that there was this one guy on our team. His name was Jop. He's a he's an old school Jack player, hella good. But he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna beat everybody," especially this one guy, Kembo. Kembo was this Japanese uh, Ganryu player, well, I, who I liked a lot too. But he was like, oh, "I'm gonna beat the shit out of Kembo," and then. <laughs> He goes zero and five in the in the in the round robin. <laughs> he, he lost to everybody. Oh man, it felt so bad. And the thing was too is that he was. I think he was the last player to play for Team America. He went zero and five, and America still won. So it was like oh, we man. had such a lead too. That, like that kind of sucked. But other than that, like I don't know. Just overall, the entire experience of it all because that was the first time I got to play international players. I, there was a lot of Japanese players at at this Evo, and so. Uh, just being able to play against like foreigners like that was kind of crazy to me because, you know, I'd watched a lot of foreigner videos when I was like, you know, learning how to play tag one or, you know, Tekken four, Tekken five, even right. I'm watching all these videos of Koreans or Japanese players. And then to actually see them and play against them was like kind of wild to me. So I was like, if I could do, you know, the fact is, it's just all I have to do is sign up for Evo and I have a chance to play these guys. So, you know, I didn't look at it as like, all these guys are way better. I can never get there. It was just more like. I'll get there. <laughs> just wait for me. You know, like I'll, yeah. I'm gonna get there. Just wait for me. 
How many would show up for uh, for these events? Because I've only only started paying attention to Tekken tournaments, like in Tag Two, and I would only see you know just JDCR and Ni, and that was about it. That was the last. That was the last tournament Japan showed up for Tekken for a long time. Oh, okay. It was like honestly, like between after that Evo, Japan had hadn't come to uh, Evo for Tekken for I would say almost ten years. Wait, so what happened? They just got they just got their back. Backs blown out, and they just didn't want to. No, they actually did well, right? So I think uh, Yamasa Yu, he he got second place in the tournament. He lost to Crow. Uh, they did mm-hmm. all right, but I just think that they just didn't have any reason to come to Evo. There was no money. I guess the money wasn't good enough for them. And I right. think I don't know. It's just overall the the Tekken scene for Japan to and America were kind of disconnected, right? It's not as easily accessible as it is now, and even now it's not accessible, yeah. right? But it's like you know back back then with no Twitter, none of that. It's like. It's just everything's word of mouth kind of. So for them to not come, it wasn't surprising because it's not like there was like crazy amounts of money or crazy amounts of players like showing up for these things. It was just uh, maybe for them, it's just another Tekken tournament. It didn't really become until like Tekken 7 where they're when they really were like, all right, Evo is the big one, you know? Right. It didn't have the prestige. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, that's cool. So I remember when we had MYK on, I, he mentioned just running, or I mean, this is probably like the next Evo. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but just running into you and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, were you 21 at this time going to Vegas or no? Not yet. No, I wasn't yet, actually. I was still 20, I think. Um, yeah, no, I was 20 when I met MYK. So, you know, it was funny because I remember MYK saying, like, I'm in Vegas. There's nothing to do. I'm still too young. And I'm looking at him like, bro, I can't drink either. Like, <laughs> I'm here just to pl- I'm here to play video games, dude. It's just like, that was it. And that's really all I did, dude. I went there, I played video games, I stayed in my hotel room. It's like as weird as as weird as it sounds. I went to Vegas to do nothing but play video games and I did that for like 3 years. Damn, damn. And I but let me tell I'll t- I'll tell you right now though. Uh I'd rather I'd much rather be 21 or an over in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say yeah. it's way more yeah, much better. It's much better. <laughs> the first time I went to Evo, I I think I went to uh was it Tekken Tim who hosted a, a Tekken casino? I think it was him. Yeah. And they just asked me to play on stream, and I didn't want to put any money up. And I was also drunk, so that's why I didn't want to play, right? And the guy's <laughs> like, "Oh, I'll cover you. Just play." And then the the threw uh uh I forget the the player's name, but they ended up putting Kotokor up against me, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like I, I this is the second time that I already lost the first time, right? So I'm like, I don't, "I'm not gonna pay for it again," you know? He's like, "Don't worry, just just play. It was fun the first time, just playing." And he covered like twenty bucks, and she fucked me up, you know? I, I don't think I got a single match on her, and I don't think she even remembers. Like we just had her last week on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but fucked me up. I, I was using, I was drinking those, um, you know, those big ass bongs they sell you at, at, at those hotels with a bunch no, of liquor in it. The worst. You know? <laughs> I had like you know maybe one and a half of those down, and 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 I was playing Tekken like that, and I was playing Dragon Off too. Like I, that wasn't even my character. That's how like wasted I was. And then they're putting me on stream <laughs> to play Cut Accord. Dude. <laughs> but you, can always, you, you can always tell how how how. Uh... How good a person's day is by how how much they drank out of that thing. Because usually when it's when it's close <laughs> to the top, they're feeling good. When it gets halfway yeah. through, you get to see the the, the yeah. pain on their face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You drink it anymore. You don't even know what the flavor is anymore. It's just yeah. At the, at, at the bottom, that's when they. That's when you're just like, <laughs> like, why are you even trying? Still, just throw it away at this point. <laughs> you gotta get to the bottom so they can refill it, man. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, my first Evo? I Damn, I like that was back when they still had round robin pools. So you had like five players in a pool and you'd have to round robin each other. Uh, I got out of that in winners. And then I don't remember. I think I, what happened? Oh, I won my first match and then I lost to Bronson. That was actually the first time I met Bronson uh, post, you know, pool incident. So that was cool. Yeah, we, 
like we had talked online and whatever. So that was the first time I met him. He beat my ass and then shook my hand. And that was cool. <laughs> and then I, and then the losers, I lost to a Japanese, uh, Horong player, SDZ. Really, really. Wait, no, not Japanese. Not SDZ. Mr. Mr. is the guy I lost to. He's the Japanese Horong player. So I did, all, I, I did, I did all right in there. Uh, but not like as good as I was hoping. I played a Ganryu the entire way. Oh, okay. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool. Pretty sure Cody played Ganryu at the time. Yeah, so I mean, like that was that was a nice thing, right? So when you talk about how like uh, Cody housed us, he housed myself and Bronson, right? And we were both Ganryu players. You know, he's a Ganryu player, and then there's a one random Oscar guy in there. I don't know how he got invited, but <laughs> <laughs> but he, he he did well, ours. So that's that was cool, though. Man. I mean, the, back in those days too, like um, going to Evo West, like Evo West being a thing was such a crazy idea because it's like you know just a local evil, right? Like, but now it feels like every, every major that's happens now is like a local evil. They're getting so big, but back then right. it was like seeing something like that was pretty nutty. And it was, a uh, it was a tough tournament. I remember too, because people understood that winning evil or just like placing well at Evo evil West gave you such a huge advantage at the major tournament that you wanted to do well at those tournaments. And so, like, people took all of them seriously. I remember Bronson taking it pretty seriously. He was practicing, like, hella at Cody's. So it was a it was a pretty eye-opening experience for me just to see, like, how much people, like, practiced. Because at the time, I played a lot, but I I, I thought I played a lot. And then, I like, I watch other people practice and play, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I don't play. I don't play a lot. <laughs> Not like these guys. I, like, how would you feel if they did, like, preliminaries like that now do you think it's probably not even feasible for the amount of people that would show up and stuff like that like it's such an ambitious idea to have like these evo regionals that determine seating and stuff like that like super ambitious and awesome but you think that's even feasible today it's tough just because open open tournament format makes seating like just basically impossible right you have to just do it based on word of mouth unless it's like a like a actual league or something like that so yeah i mean it's i think it's possible but it's probably just not reasonable to do. Like, yeah, I think they would much rather put all their resources into making the big event the best one. So, right, yeah. So, like for just right now, I don't think it's it's reasonable, especially when you have so many of these like you know CEOs that just happened, right? Being a big ass tournament, and combo breakers, and now all these other you know tournaments that are like just basically their own like real major majors, right? So, so I I guess at this time you mentioned you know. Other people were practicing a lot, but one of the things that Rip said last time Rip was on was that, you know, he said that you were one of the best players that he knew with the most potential. And obviously, you know, you have, you've had great placements through seven and stuff like that, but you know, was there a point where it's like you kind of put in overdrive, you know, practicing and training like around this time? Uh, I can't ever say I, 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 like there's ever a time like that. I guess the the only time where I ever felt like I really practiced it was because I had to play a fifty dollar money match against uh, Just Frame James, and this was before James got like really really good. So he was kind of like on the up and up, and I'm I I think they kind of stuck me there as like a gatekeeper almost <laughs> because like I was I'm, at that time I think I was favorited to win right and. I won the set 10-8. It was a $50 money match, and I practiced with Rip a lot in that in that set, and it was uh, it helped out, and I never wanted to do that again. <laughs> was it too much effort, or what was it? It wasn't, the, it wasn't the effort, per se, but it was like, I, I felt like I was I had to learn so much for one player yeah. <laughs> that 
it was like now every time I play against another law player, I, like I'm, I have these images of James just like coming at me, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh god, back up, back up, you know, I get scared sometimes, but it's just more more often than not, it's just I I I tend to like the tournaments, you know, I, I don't I don't yeah. necessarily love the long sets, I don't love the the yeah. long like trying to figure out how to beat your one opponent in a long long yeah. set like that. So. Preparation for it, yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, funny, kinda, James, out of all the players, like he's such a like crazy player. I'm not sure what he played like back then, but from what he was, I, defi- you know, he was definitely more experimental back then. I think he he was still trying to figure out what was good and what wasn't. But like, yeah. he he was also one of those that really like thought outside the box, so it made it hard yeah. to figure <laughs> out what he was trying to do. Once he figured out what didn't work, and but still played like he was thinking outside the box, that's when I started calling him a bitch on every ATP <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's that's when that happened. <laughs> oh my god! It was so you said Rip was helping you in this uh, first ten? Did you and Rip uh, train a lot at this point, or like you know hang out, play a lot, just grind? Yeah, we were, we pretty. I think it was it was a lot of just like Soul Cal in general. Like we all went to whatever tournaments we could, and so it was just like we would just be like, all right, who wants to go? You know, it's like opens cars open, anyone can jump in. You know, so it kind of just felt like that for Soul Cal. Like anyone that was was willing to go to any tournaments and just needed a carpool, you know, it's like cars open, you can come in. Right. But Rip and I definitely planned out the most of the things together because we were always like, all right, look, we gotta, we need to go to Evo, get a room, you know? <laughs> so I'd be like, Rip, get a room. <laughs> and so he does everything and I'll just pay for it. <laughs> he was like 30 at the time. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm scared, dude. It's like, I'm, I'm 18, dude. I can't be getting a hotel. <laughs> oh man. That's, that's freaking awesome. So, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, SoCal at this time, I, man, I just wish I was older and in that area there, you know, in the area at the time. But uh, what was your, you know, not most memorable, like your favorite things about SoCal at this time? You know, you're meeting a lot of people, I'm sure, at the time and kind of learning the game. But, you know, how do you describe SoCal? I guess, I mean, you kind of said, you know, anyone can play, you know, we'll all grind together. But what was your fondest memories of SoCal at this time? Mm, for For that, era it really is kind of just like a uh it's just like SoCal in general i just felt like just was such a strong had a strong bond amongst like a lot of the players and i think uh now i think about it filthy rich had a lot to do with that because when filthy moved to SoCal, he moved originally from new york he moved here and then he basically was like you know he opened his doors to everyone in SoCal. he's like you know i want to learn how to play you know with SoCal players and, you know, I don't know where to meet up, so it's easier to just invite everyone to my place, right? And he was such a gracious host and, like, was so accommodating to, for everyone that he, his spot ended up becoming, like, one of the spots for for console, like, Soul Caltech to get better at. And I think that's where a lot of people, like, at least for, like, Rip, MYK, myself, I think a lot of us, like, uh, really practiced in that area, like, with... with uh, Filthy Rich and other guys like Bobino and uh, just so many other SoCal players back then. So a lot of those, a lot of those like memories are just like kind of, you know, it's like they're not really all that like memorable or like, you know, to talk about. But it's just like they, they, they're special to be just because, you know, that, I just remember like that's where a lot of like just a lot of Tekken happened. You know, it's just a yeah, lot of like yeah. just people just running sets and talking shit and just having fun. You know, that's pretty much what it was all about. And it, it like that and that vibe in the offline environment and filthy's house was also like very like, you know, that was true at the arcades as well. It was like, so that kind of same environment was always there. Yeah, and, and when Kate mentioned when he was on here, that that was the, uh, like 
the guy who mentored him for through Tekken. Uh, it was it was Filthy Rich. Like he's yeah. the one who taught him pretty much like everything. Yeah, it's beginning. funny when he's on the East Coast too. Spirogen mentioned him. He's like the Forrest Gump of Tekken. <laughs> <laughs> we, we need him on the show. Yeah, Filthy Filthy's definitely been around. It's funny too, right? Because I remember when he first got here, he was a Beck player, and it was like you know Beck and five was whack so obviously he wasn't gonna do too hot in that game and then he was playing on this big ass joystick like this x arcade joystick is the ugliest piece of crap he's like <laughs> he's like hey rick's like can you fix this and i'm like right, i'll take a look at it i was taking a look at it he became a pad player and a heiachi player and he's like i don't need that thing anymore <laughs> and, he's all, and he's hella good <laughs> was he like modding pads and shit like that like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he he stuff? i remember he his thing was that he you know, like on a PlayStation pad, like if you were to press right, you know, like the it, the entire D-pad shifts over. So you can't actually press left at the same time. Right. Yeah. I think he did something so that you could technically press both left and right at the same time, which made it just a little easier to move around. I think so, some players like that. It was like all individual buttons and not, not like one membrane. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I think MRK mentioned that he modded his PSP to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. that's right. He did mention <laughs> That's what he was yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah, like he modded his PSP D pad and yeah. he just cracked out in the garage. And he said he like spilled a drink in his stairwell or some shit. <laughs> I mean, that was what you had to do too, right? Because uh, for DR, since DR didn't come out on console for the longest, you had to play on uh, PSP. And the PSP pad, depending on if you you know got a good one or not, kind of sucked. So a lot of people had to mod theirs. And I remember like I never modded mine because I didn't care enough. But I remember people like always talking about it and just like talking about how like to raise the pad up or you know all these other little minor things where I'm thinking I'm not I'm not gonna go to a tournament with my PSP. Why do I care? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. So Tekken five uh N D R um I guess oh okay we, we were gonna talk about Evo West in San Diego. So how how did you do that at that following Evo? Like uh, after you know being housed by Cody and stuff like that, Ooh, uh, you get a good placement. No, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think I've ever had a good Evo placement. To be honest, I've. I think my best ever is like thirteenth, but that was like at one of the Evos that like had no people in it. So, nobody needs to know that, dude. Yeah, don't <laughs> say that. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Liquidpedia and like you're a god, dude. I don't know that. <laughs> so. I got. I'm, I'm honest with it, man, because I'm at the time because I look at it and I'm thinking to myself. I should have placed higher. That's why I say it like that because yeah, it right. felt like I shouldn't have been that low, but it is what it is. It, for me, Evo, Evo's always been tough to play in just because so many good players and it's impossible to prep for because, you know, unless you know like your your entire pool or whatever, especially and back then, you didn't know anything, right? You just kind of yeah. went there and you, you were blind to the pools. So you, you couldn't prepare for it. And to be honest, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I like kind of going into the unknown and seeing how it's going to turn out. So. Uh, did, did you have issues with nerves and things like that or no Ooh, i i would say so but i would never it never felt like i got nervous and like <sighs> mm, i guess the best way to put it is like i when i get nervous i i already lost <laughs> at that point so it was like <laughs> right. when 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 the nerves happened it was already too late you know eventually i started getting nerves while i was still playing and that's when it became uh, a little bit of a like a hindrance before it before i felt like when i got nervous the game was already over so at a certain point when i finally started getting nervous while the game was happening i started like obviously it messes you up at first and so you start playing a little too fast or too slow or you start overthinking and then eventually you start playing you know you start to realize that it's like 
the nerves will always be there. You know, no matter how good you are, the nerves should always be there unless you're like Anakin, you know, you're just stone cold, right? Like, yeah. But if you're other players, like you, you, the nerves will happen. And so when you get them, then it's like, how do I use this to my advantage? And not too many people can, I, I feel like, understand that. It seems, it sounds stupid, but it's, it's, it's real. It's like, cause I remember, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. I, one time I played in a tournament, I remember thinking the entire game was moving in slow motion because, I had like my 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 like my adrenaline was pumping and I wanted to win this match and it was just a, it was a team tournament at Super Arcade like the match had nothing like it was not that big of a match but I just really wanted to win that particular match and I just remember I could low parry Lily's uh forward forward four root of all evil I low parried like four out of five yeah. because I could see every one yeah. of them and normally I cannot I wouldn't even bother I would like not even look for it yeah I thought it was unseeable I mean Kane used to ask me when he came out to San Diego if I could see them because I would block them all the time I'm like I don't know I think I'm just guessing but he I think he he, he would tell me that they're they're seeable but maybe they are dude <laughs> I think I think they are but I think that if you're if you're like if your reactions are fast you can block them yeah. but like because because when I when I it was Kane I was playing it so when I blocked them I punished them or I low parried them. And I, and then immediately after that, we went to vid 94 and then Kane and I started playing casuals. First thing he does, root of all evil. I don't block it. He was, and he goes, yeah. I knew you, you could have blocked that. <laughs> what a scumbag. That's just yeah. his luck, dude. I mean, but, that, but, but he, but he wanted to test because he's like, bro, like, are you like, what yeah. the hell is happening? Right. And I was just like, that was tournament, you know, tournament casuals, two different things. Right. So, yeah, so. that's funny. That's like a whole, like, I listen to a lot of basketball, like, I don't know, like insight. And that's one thing a lot of players talk about is there's a moment where the game slows down. Like mm-hmm. you know, they, they play enough and it's like, okay, I can kind of see eight different things going on right now. And it feels like things are going slow-mo, but they're playing at the highest level ever and stuff like that. And that's really cool. Like just to have a moment like that, just mm-hmm. things slowing down and your proficiency is kind of showing not to make you sound like a super badass, but that's definitely <laughs> trust me. It's only happened that one time because I've only mentioned that one story. <laughs> I've never been able to tell another story like that. No. I, that's why I, that's why I keep talking about it because I want it to happen again. I just like bring it back in the universe. I'm like, just just let me slow down time one more time, please. I'm just funny that all these years later, Kane is still trying to figure out whether people can see that move or not. <laughs> that's super funny. Oh, so, uh, and and I don't want to get off on a tangent. We were talking about that that uh, it was it called that Evo West in San Diego, but uh, you said Vid ninety four. One one story that we've heard multiple times that Vid ninety four the cops rated it. Were you there at that time? No, every vid ninety uh, vid story that involves the police or guns or anything like that, I've managed to be away from it. So I'm thankful. I've I've managed to avoid all the problems, so 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 to speak, at vid ninety four. For sure, I've just heard all the stories though. And so you know, when you're around Eris and he's and if he's there, then the stories there are going to be hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay. So, okay. So you said you didn't place too well at that, that Evo West, I think 07, um, at the fall, at the Evo that followed it, uh, the main Evo. Uh, how'd you do with that one? That was the one I think I got 13th at. That was the small Evo. 2008 was definitely oh, the, yeah, it was, that was the Evo that everyone was like, oh, there's not going to be another one because <laughs> it was, it was like the, the dark ages people always say, right? Whereas, Capcom didn't really have any fighting games. Tekken was Tekken Six, I think, already came out in arcades, but because it wasn't on a console and they had to run a Tekken tournament, they ran DR, so no one showed up really. Uh, there was no guaranteed prize money, which there were in the past. There was a lot of just different things for that Evo, so it was a much much smaller Evo. Like if you could probably find a picture on the internet of like just the crowd at, at Evo 08, and it's like 
10 rows of seats. It's like, it's, you could see, you could see the back of the the venue so clearly. Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, and it was still sick. That's the thing. Like, it was still sick. You know, it was a fun tournament to be a part of, but uh, just, you know, the vibes were different, right? Like a lot of people just felt like the, you know, it wasn't as grand as it used to be. You know, the, the Evo moment 37 was such a long time ago when you think about it from back then when it was only four years prior, but at that moment, it just felt like Evo was dying and uh, Tekken at the same time felt like that too, just because it wasn't the newest Tekken, you know, it was still DR. We're still playing on an old, uh, the old version when Tekken six had already been out on arcade. So that's the reason why I play so high because no one showed up. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. I'm writing this part out. I'm just joking. But I, so you said you weren't really using Tekken Zaibatsu during the Tag 1 era. You kind of knew about it. Were you using Zaibatsu more at this time? Hell yeah. That's the only thing you could use, right? I, I think I'll, that's also something else that, that uh, you know, got Soul Cal and kind of just every region in Tekken together was having a forum that, like, everyone knew, like, oh, you you play Tekken? You, gotta, you go to Tekken Zaibatsu? You know, what's your username there, right? Like, everyone, like, if you played Tekken at a, any sort of competitive level, you knew about Tekken Zaibatsu. And if you didn't even play Tekken on a competitive level, you just love Tekken, right? You go to that website. So it was a lot of uh, different, like, groups on Tekken Zaibatsu that really helped make the game popular. But during that time, it was just the game itself wasn't doing itself any favors. So it was all pretty much throughout the communities. And, like, Tekken Zaibatsu, I think, was definitely a huge part of that. Were you involved ever in any shit talk? We, we've had a few people here talk about <laughs> turmoil they've endured. We, we had Gene Wong, a CBS2 player, talk about how, you know, someone would just shit talk him and he'd have to money match him. But were you ever involved in any, like, bullshit trolling or anything like that? Mm, I always joked around. I never I never challenged anyone to a money match because I'm too much of a wuss. <laughs> you know, I was like, I don't, I don't like money matching. And it's just like, yeah, man, you beat me, dude. That's... Damn, you know, I, 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 what can I say? You know, I can't talk shit anymore. I want to be able to talk shit all the time. Right, yeah. Can't, yeah, you got to keep that ability. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I talked to, I, I would always like just, you know, fuck around on, on TZ, talk some shit here and there, but it was, I don't remember ever really getting into any, like, beef or anything like that. You know, just be like disagreements with other players or things like that. Just some friendly shit talk here and there. But overall, like, I think, you know, it was cool just because you could like you could even like go into other threads of like certain regions and just kick it in there, right? Like just go to the NorCal thread and just talk shit. Like go in there, it's like shut up, Bronson, <laughs> and then just leave. <laughs> it's like, and they'd be like, "All right, that's cool." And then they just keep keep on going with their day. You know, that was always like the funny thing about like just the 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 Tekken Zabatsu forums was like everyone just kind of everyone could say anything and like you know you could it was easy to find information that you needed. Uh, which is so hard now you know so i feel like it's it was more centralized back then even you know on the internet and offline you know now we're all online and everything is uh kind of all separated yeah i hate discords like i own (laughs) i i own the lars tekken 7 discord and i don't even go there anymore like it's (laughs) this fucking garbage you have to click the pin to see combos that are like really old from like season three and like it's it's, it's really a shame it seems like they figured out like how people could get better back then with the forums because you just have like the the first page, the first post, right? You could kind of edit right. that. And always kind of keep it up. That reminds me, uh, Wayne Gamble used to be a part of the, uh, the the Leo Discord, and he would get so mad. He would tell me that people would go on there, watch his streams or whatever, 
steal his shit and then post it on the discord and act like they found it and you know they'll just say like, oh look at the, look at the new combo that i found and it's like something way gamble does you know all the time and <laughs> that's like that's the only thing he would talk about on that that channel for so i just go and just to see who the fuck's being a rat and stealing my shit like, <laughs> that was discord for dude yeah man you gotta you go to discords now just like yeah. search for people i do i do it i i give credit because i i i linger you know i i look through discords just to steal strats but i'll, I'll give them strat i'll give them credit yeah. i just give discord credit the entire discord yeah. right discord tech <laughs> so so at this time uh it's kind of the transition period i mean did anything else happen in dr i feel like uh i'm kind of kind of hopping all over the place but uh, uh i mean with dr dr was I like for me personally, DR was probably one of the more fun Tekkens just because competitively USA during that time was pretty competitive. Like just because we didn't have, you know, like I said, you know, Japan didn't show up to Evos back then. Neither did Korea or, you know, really any other area. Right. So when Evos happened, they were like American events. And so I remember 07 was a big one because that was basically New York versus West Coast, you know, NorCal, SoCal. We wanted to see who's the best out of all these regions. And, you know, Texas was still there, too. And, like, so there was a lot of just, like, a lot of hype around just Tekken in terms of just the, you know, local pride in in the U.S. during that time. And I thought that was real sick. And it's not something that, I mean, it, it still exists today. But it's definitely, back then, it was definitely much more, that's where, that's where the Fighting GM video came from. You know, where he's like, he looks like ass, he plays like ass. That's a bad combination. You know, like, things like that. That, that, that was, that, that. That came from, you know, shit talk from the internet, you know, from, from the forums like that. So things like that, like they still exist, but it's definitely not as, you know, prevalent as they once were. And I kind of miss that. You know, I do kind of miss that. Damn. So you said just it being an American event, just did it feel like more doable to get top eight and things like that? Or did you guys not really have a concept of like Korean talent, Japanese talent? Oh, no. Back no back then, we definitely knew that the Koreans were good. J- Japan, we knew were good, too, but we never really saw much footage of them. It was just during that time, we just kind of all like, I think it was just un. Everyone was just unsure about who the best was in America, right? We all had ideas, but none of us, you know, because Evo was such a rare thing. And back then, too, New York didn't really travel to Evo that much either. Obviously, it's a, you know, cross-country trek, you know, so it's a big deal to for them to come to Evo. So, you know, back then when they did, when New York came to, to Evo in 07, like a lot of them showed up, a lot of Texas showed up, a lot of SoCal and NorCal. So I ended up becoming like a... We wanted to figure out like who actually is the best in America, you know, and, and Arario won it. Spirogen got second or insanely Bronson. He got third, you know, so like it was it was just a, a packed top three with like hella good players. And I think, I, you know, obviously SoCal won, you know, with Arario, but it was like at that time I was like, man, every place is good. You know, like seeing Spiro do so well when, you know, realistically at that time, uh, he was pretty much only playing in like New York. It felt like. So we didn't see much of him, but then he came, you know, to Evo and did work. So, you know, that was always exciting to see. Yeah. When we talked to Spiro, that was definitely the highlight of our conversation. Just that region battle and kind of learning about like, dude, region rivalries were real back then. Like mm-hmm. it's as a player who's kind of new coming up or I'm not, I'm not coming up. I'm not, I'm not going to say that, but as a newer player now, uh, it's like so crazy. It's like a foreign world. It's like, dude, you guys care about like what state you're like. It's, it's insane, and it seems like there's kind of a revival now with the whole Detroit versus ATL shit you see on the timeline. They're gonna have a what's it called a crew battle or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Five. 
yeah, 5v5 uh, in March or something like that. But can you talk about the region battles and stuff like that? Like, were you involved in any of them or just mm. what were your favorite memories of just the region rivalries? I mean, for me, more than anything, like, because I was kind of, I've always felt like a free agent in a regard. Like, when, not necessarily for SoulCal, but like, because in, in SoulCal, our region rivalries were arcade based, right? FFA versus Super Arcade or things like that. Whereas for me, you know, I live like, where I live. I'm like in the middle of them. So I was always like, I could be either team FFA or team super arcade. You know, I could choose my, I could choose my spot. Yeah, and more often than side. not, no, more often than not, no one chose me because I wasn't good <laughs> enough. <laughs> but it was, but it's like, because of just, you know, just being able to, to see like all these players, like we had a big battle. I remember in the strong style, we had a SoCal versus NorCal and it was like, a, I think an 8v8 or something, you know, and I wasn't even, I, I didn't playing that either i was just watching but you know just being able to watch and just like cheer for your 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 squad you know soul cow having having their back it's like it's it's so fun you know like team tournaments in general bring that kind of aspect out of it and so region battles obviously bring it out and i it's like now the like the further we get from that era it's like the regions are getting big progressively bigger and bigger now the region is america <laughs> you know like i'm yeah. waiting for shadow now to beat you know some some dude from Japan. It's like that's how that's how big the yeah. the regions are now, you know. But but that's also the sick part about it because you know back then we didn't even know that a lot of these places even had scenes. So, uh, you know, just to see Tekken grow like that, I think it's kind of it was almost expected that we would outgrow that in a sense. But at the same time, it's like we could still have it. You know, we could still have that that local pride. Obviously, it's just we just need to have. I don't know, some some sort of conflict. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think it's fucked the, up. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the first time that I that I went up to WNF, like I, I wasn't a part of like any offline scene. Like my first tournament was a WNF. I just drove up there. And I didn't know that um San Diego and and you know you guys in SoCal were like, you know, like separate. Like you guys didn't consider, you know, everyone just SoCal. You, you guys were divided players like these guys right. from San Diego and they're from SoCal. And I, again, I wasn't a part of, you know, any scene. So I did not. I was like, what do you mean we're not SoCal? I'm, I'm more SoCal <laughs> than you guys are. I'm down <laughs> in San Diego. It made no sense. With, no, and nobody explained it to me because I don't think there's like an actual like answer for that, you know, but. There is no. Why, no. Yeah. So whatever. We're I, San I, think Diego. It's cause, I think it's because people think people. Okay. I'll tell you why. Uh, people from San Diego think SoCal is from Lamos or some shit. Well, I mean, that's, I, mean that's, I don't know where that comes from. But. <laughs> There's the regional pride right there, you know. It, yeah. it, it, I, 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 the things like that, though, it's like uh, you got to remember too, because like when people hear like from the East Coast, they're like, "Hey, don't you guys play with Jimmy all the time?" I'm like, "He's New yeah. York." Oh you know, it's like, God, so people, dude. you know, people don't really know how how big you know California yeah. is, and even then, so it's like SoCal to San Diego, that's still a drive in itself. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it's, it's almost like to call San Diego SoCal would just be like a disservice to how far yeah. they are from us. Yeah, California is yeah. pretty much a country, so yeah, yeah. we can all play with each other. But I, yeah, I remember when I first moved to San Diego, like there's some dude from my hometown, Minnesota, like. Oh, you're just this Silicon Valley loser now, and it's like, dude, that's like eight hours away. Like, what the fuck? Are you about? Yeah, see, they they only know one thing about about California, so that's like, yeah, you yeah. know, it's everything. Hollywood, right? San Francisco, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right next to my house. Damn. Yeah, but that's the only time that I really got a you know that that sense of oh, I guess I'm a part of you know the San Diego crew. Then you know, but I didn't even know anyone in San Diego at the time. It was actually uh, Baines, the one who told me about TTF. So like oh, yeah. he, he told me about San Diego. He's like, oh, so you, you probably play with, with Cody and all of them, right? Like, no. And then, you know, he just directed me to the Facebook, and then I ended up meeting all the San Diego guys. But, yeah, my first time going out to a tournament was actually just WNF. 
Oh man, Dude. speaking of Baines, though, actually, I'll, I'll throw it back to him because he lived in the same city as I did. So when Tekken 5 first came out, he was one of the first players that I went to, like, uh, offline gathering, you know, and he, yeah. he just, he lived like five minutes away from me. So like, you know, yeah, hell yeah. You know, I've been playing, I played Tekken against him, you know, in at Mulligans or wherever, you know, locally. So I was like, oh, I'll go over to his place, you know, so that was like the one of the first times I ever got like offline, like casuals at out of sight. It's, weird, it's so weird saying offline now because it's like online in my mind is the arcade. It was like yeah. just consoles, you know, it's like going to someone's house rather than the arcade. It was weird at that time, but at the same time, it was like one of those steps where I felt like it's natural, you know, like we have yeah. to do this because eventually you grow the scene. Yeah. Damn. So Tekken 6, uh, let's just move on to Tekken 6. Uh, how, are you excited? how excited were you for Tekken 6 before they came out? Mm, Tekken 6 was a weird one for me because it was the game itself looked sick. I, I like from seeing all the like the videos and things like that before it came out. I was excited for it. Uh, just, you know, it was just the hassle of finding Tekken 6 anywhere. You know, when we finally got it at Super Arcade, you know, it was expensive. We ended up, you know, haggling the price down. But it was still one of those things where it was just like one it was like one machine and yet it was like a whole entire scene around one machine you know so it's like it's really hard to play you know play this game especially when you have someone like Derek or Kane just like beating everyone up you're like you rarely have time to even play so yeah. you're trying to learn the game while you're getting your ass beat by someone else who's learning the game and you're spending money at the same time it's like it was real hard and Tekken 6 sucked <laughs> oh what you thought it sucked why is that 6.0 specifically. 6.0 yeah. was the just not good. It was it was too combo heavy. It balanced poorly and like just it felt like it the game wasn't complete and obviously it wasn't because, you know, they made uh BR, right? So I think, you know, I think it was just one of those things where the game was bad to the point where it was like they knew they were going to make a new version and even at a certain point i knew they were going to make a new version before they even announced it so i stopped playing tekken at that time i was ended up being a soul Calibur four player for a bit <laughs> why why'd you why'd you hop on soul Calibur? It, well number one console it was it was on console the only tekken six was only on arcade so there wasn't going to be any tournaments for tekken six during that time so it was gonna all be basically soul Calibur. it was at the time too it was like Whenever Tekken had an off season, like where it wasn't going to be at Evo or anything like that, it was normally Soul Calibur would be the game to replace it. And I just played Cold Soul Calibur because it was fun. It's you know it's a it's the game that you know a lot of Tekken players also know how to play, like Eris and you know all these other dudes that played Tekken. So it was an easy transition, right? Like being able to just I could go over to Eris's place or Insomnotech's place, play them, and get good at the game. You know, not necessarily learn how to play with the Soul Calibur heads, and yet go over there, beat Soul Calibur players, feel good about myself. You know, <laughs> things like that. That's pretty awesome. So, how, what was the gap between six point zero and BR? Like, how long was that? Oh, let me think. I think six point zero came out in like oh eight. Or yeah, oh eight. So I think Tekken six BR came out in oh nine. I'm not sure if it's arcade, and I don't remember when the console version came out. I think console version came out like oh nine or oh ten, some sometime around then. So it was like only like a year between six and uh, BR. It was in the console version it was BR, right? Yeah, the console version they just called it Tekken six. There was no BR, but it was the BR. It was basically BR. 
for sure. Did you like that version a lot more? Or oh, what? for sure. It was definitely the it was definitely the better you know it's the better game. It's the better version of Tekken. Tekken Six as a as in the series is not my favorite, but I I enjoyed the game a lot, and I think that the game itself is very good. It's just that uh, you know just personally I'm biased, right? Because like you know I'm a Ganryu main. Ganryu and Tekken Six was not very good. Uh, I had to learn how to play Bob to compensate for the lack of good Ganryu, so that felt bad too. You know, it's just like, I don't know, Tekken 6 was fun. I enjoyed playing it a lot, but at the same time, it's still not my favorite. So <laughs> this is kind of like, it's one of those games where I enjoyed playing it competitively a lot, but not necessarily like as a game, I didn't really enjoy it so much, but I enjoyed the competitive aspect of it. So speaking of the competitive aspect, like, were you actually still going to tournaments for it? Or were you kind of like kind of backing off tournaments? Because mm, Well, I definitely started going to more tournaments when Tekken 6 came out on console because, you know, it was the better version, obviously. So, uh, I, you know, I went to things like the SBO qualifier and NorCal, uh, even though I didn't have a team, I just kind of went because I got forced into it, which I'm glad I did. <laughs> that was that, I remember that tournament being like the craziest that's a we can talk. We need to talk about that actually. Yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> this was like so the the SBO qualifiers. I just remember were it was uh in the car. It was myself, Eris, Rip, and Sukin, and I'm not a part of their team. They're, so it's Rip, Eris, and Sukin. They're a team, and I'm just going just to kick it. Isn't uh, it like Team Handsome plus Sukin? Sukin, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was the name that they decided on. <laughs> uh, so I remember, like we went. Uh, I ended up teaming up with the Reno Face and 200 Won, or not 200 Won, 200 Yen. Sorry, <laughs> different person, oh, two, two uh, different players. <laughs> yeah, we did all right, but you know we weren't obviously expecting to win. But it was just like that whole entire tournament was crazy because this experience of it all, like so, like so many different things were happening at that tournament, and we were all so pissed. Everyone was so mad. And yet, at the same time, I in that moment, I was thinking, this is going to be a hilarious story to tell because so much bullshit happened. Like, we had to, so they're doing this tournament inside of a game store. And SBO is an arcade tournament where you got to play in arcade cabinets. And they put, uh, instead of putting Tekken in, on an arcade cabinet, they brought in a cabinet and just hooked up a PlayStation 3 to the cabinets <laughs> and pretended <laughs> like it was still like an official Tekken <laughs> cabinet, even though it wasn't. <laughs> So that was already bad. So unlike the controls then were like the monitor was laggy. The the joystick that was mounted into the into the cabinet fell. So like <laughs> there was no shaft. It was just a ball top. <laughs> then and that wasn't the only tournament. There was a Street Fighter 4 qualifiers as well. They were doing 2v2s. And I remember for whatever reason, they had an arcade, you know, uh, and it was set up fine, except for one of the Street Fighter 4 cabinets had a mouse cursor dead in the center of it at all times and it would not move <laughs> so if you're playing on this arcade cabinet with the mouse center or with the mouse cursor dead in the center and you can't move it and like so these guys are playing rock paper scissors not for sides but for the mouse cursor it's like i don't want that you know it's like <laughs> are you serious dude that's fine i I could not look away from that mouse cursor. I kept trying to watch. Like I was like, because I played Street Fighter Four a little bit, so I'm like, oh, I kind of understand. And then I'm like, what the hell is that mouse cursor doing there? And then I could not look away from it. I was, I was stuck. Dude, that's hilarious. I remember. I think it was Evo a few years ago. There was that game Yadagarasu. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this, but they had like this like jank ass cabinet setup that was just a computer. And the whole day they had a cursor in the middle of it, or like in the middle of the screen. And like the dude like 
taking care of the thing was like, yeah, I don't get paid enough to like fix that. I don't know how to fix that. <laughs> and, and I know exactly what you're saying. Like you, you just cannot like take your eyes off it. That's so it's, it's just, funny. It's just there, man. It's not going to go away. It's like, leave. It's just like, go away, dude, but it's always going to be there. And like, they couldn't do anything about it either. Cause it's an arcade cab. There's no mouse. It's like, there's no mouse. Yeah. There's no mouse cursor. <laughs> So many other things too happened at that tournament, right? Like, cause it was at a game store and I remember the game store employees were like, you know, dudes that were still in high school. So they were having power trip issues, you know, just like, <laughs> you know, this is a family store. So no cursing. Like they told oh, us that yeah, multiple yeah. times. That was funny. So whenever someone would say, fuck, you know, like kind of loudly, the, <laughs> you, you'd hear this, this 15 uh, year old behind the cashier, like no cursing you know, just, <laughs> like, real loud. And then, and then someone, uh, someone halfway through the tournament's, spit gum onto the carpet i don't know who it was but the but then you know, that was enough to get the employee to come out and stop the entire tournament and threaten to stop the entire thing because there was gum on the floor so that was nice <laughs> it was just, it was a clusterfuck this the, the tournament was a clusterfuck from beginning to end and the only reason why i can bring any of this up with like a smile on my face even though because i lost the fact is the three other people that were in my in that car rip eris and sukin they won the tournament so we, we left that tournament immediately after all that. And I was going to be so pissed if they had lost because that car ride home would have been so mad, right? They had grand finals and then they lose. But then they won. Next, so that car ride, we were just talking shit the entire time about that tournament. <laughs> yeah. was, but everyone was so happy because, you know, they qualified. So I was like, cool, you know. And that 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 tournament in itself was like such a uh, – it's such it has so many different layers to it that I'm sure that if you talk to – Every person that's that went to that tournament, they all have different versions of that of it because it is it, it it's unbelievable how that tournament actually existed. <laughs> that's so funny. I think one of the coolest parts of like playing fighting games is like those car rides. Like I don't know, more people need to mic that shit up because it's just the shit that you talk about and. Mm-hmm. Uh, like before the tournament, everyone's hopeful. Then after the tournament, like you could hear a pin drop. Like everyone's just pissed <laughs> off. But like I've just been in so many different types of car rides that it's just, it's yeah, it's one of the most special things, dude. Like that's awesome. Yeah, you. It's like when you get those, especially when you get the on at least on a winning team. There's at least you know there's there's happiness there because if we had left that tournament i was getting more depressed by the day because they, they kept getting further into the tournament, and I was thinking, oh god, if they lose at the end, they're gonna be so pissed and. I'm not going to be pissed because I didn't lose, but I got to be in the car ride with them for eight hours. I'm going to be pissed right. after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was, I was rooting for them to win for my happiness. <laughs> yeah. They're laughing and singing on the way back. That's awesome. But, um, so do you, you probably didn't go to Japan. You're like, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not getting flown out. So I'm not going to go. I mean, I, I, I wanted to go to SBO so bad. Like it's, it's one of those big regrets. You know, I'd never be able to go to one unless they ever bring it back. But yeah, it's one of those things where I wish I would have gone, but you know, I didn't. So, I I, yeah. I never really went to Japan for anything video game related until Tekken Seven. So it was like really Tekken Seven was the the traveling aspect of my like tournament career. Because prior to that, I pretty much stayed in Soul Cal. For sure. So during during Tekken Six, I mean, uh, you said you didn't get in this SBO qualifier, but there was another SBO like the following year. Did you did you try to go for that, or wasn't mm-hmm. there right? Wasn't there I, I think that, there was SBO qualifiers for uh, Tekken Five Dark Resurrection. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, actually, no, that one I did go to. I forgot about that one. Oh, that one I also like. Yeah, I forgot about that for a reason because it's always brings <laughs> <a> bad bad <laughs> feelings. <laughs> Why is that? 
<laughs> no, nah, it's not. It's just that we we ended up losing. It was my the team was myself, Yi Machine, and Rip, and we lost. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember who we ended up losing to. I I know I know we lost to Kane, and in the funniest way possible because Kane was a Korean stick player and Rip was a pad player, and this tournament was all held on Japanese joysticks, so it was a lot of jumping twos happening, and it was oh it was like, man, scrub fest. Yeah, so like I think I think Kane blocked the low, tried to punish it with the wall standing two, got jumping two. Rip blocked <laughs> it. He tried to punish it with his wall standing two. He got jumping two. Oh my god! <laughs> it, it, like, like seeing that when you have no control over that, you just go like, "What is what's happening?" Is that that stupid punch that every character seems to have? Where you mm-hmm, just, the like, jumping jump punch when you land, you throw a little jab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever that happens, I feel like the biggest fucking scrub in the world. Like, and I like turn around, like, "Hey, that was that was a fuck up." Like, people think I'm actually like trying to do that shit. I, I never, I, I never get the benefit of the doubt for that shit. <laughs> I think at, at a certain point, people just realize like, no one's doing that on purpose. Yeah, that right. has, has no use in the game. I don't even know why it's in the game, but <laughs> it should it's not classic. Be but um, so Tekken Six, you said overall it was kind of like not your jam. But um, was there any like, anything else I guess notable that happened during Tekken Six after that SBO qualifier? I guess the biggest thing for Tekken Six, at least for me, was that I said I like the competitive aspect of it more so than like the game of it. I to, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I started commentating a little bit more during that time too, because Ares started doing uh, Electric and God Fridays at Super Arcade. And so, you know, it was just like he would have open mics and so people would just jump on and talk shit. And so that's kind of I found, uh, I guess, another joy in, in tech and being able to talk about it just to random people on the Internet. Right. It's like it wasn't something that I, it, was, and it wasn't even something that I wanted to do or even thought about doing. But it was just like I'd been a part of the tech and scene for so long and I felt like I had not even like like crazy amounts of knowledge. But it was it's always, you know, nice to see new players come in and just kind of like be like, hey. Who the hell is that guy, right? He's like, yeah. oh, you never heard of Tom Hilfiger? Let me tell yeah. you. You know, it's like things like that. It's like cool. being able to being able to be around MYK when he said, who the fuck is Tom Hilfiger was like yeah. the funniest <laughs> shit because I knew at that point, I was like, if he sticks around Tekken for a while, he's going to regret saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. How did the whole thing start? Like the whole commentary thing? Like who, who got the idea to do commentary on on? Like, I th- well, I think Eris was just getting the idea of just starting to do like weeklies at Super Arcade because I, th- I don't remember if this is the time when he was working there or not, but yeah, uh, you know, Commando was doing uh, Wednesday Night Fights there too. And so, you know, they just struck up a, a kind of like deal, I guess. And then so they started yeah. doing it on Fridays. And I think the commentary side of it, it was just like, you know, there was open mics and Eris would always be sitting down and he would just invite whoever. And so, you know just happened that i would jump on every now and then and more often than not i ended up jumping on more than anyone else or like you know be like myself rip myk eris you know just be a bunch just a bunch of people right that like that was when we got tasty steve involved too like back then so yeah just it was it was definitely more like a you know we weren't taking it seriously like we weren't looking at it as like oh yeah we gotta dress up and do commentary shit and it was like complete opposite of that we're getting on the mics just to talk shit and kick it yeah (laughs) 200 people on the internet you know and like then yeah. the 20 people that showed up in the arcade but you know that was the whole point you know just to kind of have fun and, and talk about tekken or whatever's happening in the arcade and that's kind of just what sparked it all you know yeah that's that's like well before i guess anyone could be a mike vulture because you're just doing it for fun like you're just, yeah you're just hanging out like was this on justin tv right it was definitely not twitch 
Oh, it must have been on Twitch actually, because okay. there was I don't I don't think Eris ever had a just TV account or, <laughs> or a channel. I'm assuming that was all on Twitch. For sure, for sure. Damn, that's awesome. Um, okay. So I don't want to speed up too fast, but tag two, are you excited for tag two? And you, you can let me know if that's too far. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, definitely. Uh, tag two was definitely the game I was looking forward to just because tag one was my, you know, the, the game that ha- has like the most nostalgia for me. You know, that was the game that I learned the most, you know, f- just from the beginning, the ground up. So tag two was kind of like the game where I was like, all right, I want to, I want to see what this is all about. I want to see how they, you know, how they do tag the tag system nowadays, as well as just, you know, being able to play a different game, a different Tekken game that's not Tekken 6. You know, I was just excited for tag. I, I, I love the tag system. I've always, and I guess that's the thing with fighting games in general, is I've always liked the idea of playing different characters. Like, I, I'm, I don't usually like having, like, a main character. I always kind of experiment and mess around. So with a tag or team-based, you know, fighting game, that allows me to experiment a little bit more and have, like, a little bit more creative freedom which always ends up turning back to being like me playing the same two characters that I know I'm good with because <laughs> I'll try being creative with all these other characters. And I'm like, all right, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'll just play Bob and Ganryu again, but it's wow. always, but it was so fun being able to just actually try to play that game and learn new characters. Like I was, I was, I learned Jinpachi Ogre, like when the game first came out, just because I was like, I don't know either of these characters. So let yeah. me just team both of them up, learn them both at the same time and see if they're good. Dude, that team's pretty disgusting when you saw what Bronson did at, yeah. uh, at that Evo. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, yeah. I, I definitely didn't know it had that kind of capabilities. I knew Jibachi was yeah. good, but Ogre, I was like, ah, he's just fat. And then, yeah. the, and, then, and then the way Bronson played him, he was like, yeah, he's just fat, but like he's f- annoying. Like, he's super fat. fat. Yeah, so just, <laughs> just use it to his benefit. Yeah, I think in that game, that's kind of how I felt about it too. It's a game that I started really learning the game, and that's why I really like it. But when I go back to it and look at how much shit there was in that game like i still like tag two but i, I could totally see why it didn't make it you know like yeah, as big as it did but i that. like to me tag two tag two is 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 a tekken nerd's dream it's like it's a game for for true true tekken fans if you're a, yeah. uh, a fan that's trying to get into tekken that's not the tekken you want to play because it's not it's not welcoming to you you know it's not welcoming yeah. to the to the newer players and it sucks because you know at the time uh, for the past, I would say two Tekken's like Tag Two and Tekken Six didn't really get new players. At least in SoCal, right? SoCal, we I would say our our scene grew by like three players during yeah the Tekken that's, Six that's era. Funny, <laughs> wow! And like I, I, I might be exaggerating because I'm sure people came and went, right? But like yeah. The, but like the only people that stuck around was it was very short during that era. Yeah. Right? And Tag Two, Tag Two did a, crazy enough. Tag Two did a better job of, of holding, of getting new players, and I think a lot of that had to do with their online compared to Tekken Sixes. Tekken Sixes online was trash. Uh, yeah. Tag Two was better, so you know you had. I think the online helped out there, but just uh, you can only you know you're only getting the biggest nerds you know like yeah. that's why you got speed kicks as a tech and tag two fan yeah but i do remember that um during those times that's when i started paying attention to the tournaments and i would watch you know you guys play at, at, at super and yeah i would never see you know a huge variety in the in the players like the placements are kind of usually the same like top mm-hmm. three guys right but yeah that's that's when i started um i, I played a uh, way more characters back then i had like maybe like six or seven teams and in Tekken 7, I only play, like, maybe two or three characters at most. You know, like, I, I don't know why back then it just seemed, I don't know, it just seemed more interesting back then to 
And also, I think it had to do with when you picked up another character back then. There was so much out there that most people could like did not know all the matchups. So it just seemed like you really knew what you were doing when you picked up a new character. At least to me, because I just played online. So mm-hmm. I picked up you know random characters like Devil Jin and Kazi, and I thought I was a Mishima player all of a sudden because I could you know everything that I was doing would work. But I never got to really test all those things like offline. But I always thought you know like I was actually learning a lot more in that game, and it, and it was enjoyable too. I don't know why. I just I just like playing that game a lot more than. Than, uh, than this one, but I, I mean, don't know. It could probably just because you're, you know, it's just like when you're learning the game, right? It's like it's fun to to learn new things. And the thing about tag two, especially, is that you can you can learn without having to force yourself to learn the entire time. Like you can, like if you want to learn a new character, it's like you don't have to change up your entire team. You know, you just take that new character, put him up with your best character, and like whatever weaknesses that character has, tag them out. It's like, yeah. you don't have to play them anymore, you know? Remember, and like that That's the fun part about tags, in, in, in for me at least, is like just being able to experiment with all the characters like that. Yeah, I think like for the for Tekken, when I started playing uh, Steve, I, I didn't play anyone but that character. And then I tried playing Josie like towards season three, and I played against Speed Kicks, like in, in an offline set, and then he just told me, he's like, you're playing Steve, but you're, you, but you're using it in Josie, like you're still playing like Steve, but you're playing <laughs> mm-hmm. Steve and Josie, you know? and I just didn't know how to really like, you know, take that. But I'm like, yeah, I, I kind of do understand what he's saying, but I, I haven't played a new character in two, three years or something. Like really dedicated <laughs> myself to the character that I don't know how to just, you know, turn that switch off. You know, like you're not a Steve player, and we're playing you're playing this character now. Like I, I just can't, I couldn't do it for a long ass time. I just could not make that happen. <laughs> I mean, that's the, that's the reason why people play certain characters, right? Like, you play characters to the best of your ability and hope hope that those characters can also cover for your, you know, for whatever weaknesses that you may have as a player, right? Yeah. So it's like, sometimes it's easier to do that and with certain characters. Yeah. It's like, it's more obvious to see players like, like you know, if like, if you watch me play, like, uh, any character that I'm not super familiar with, you're gonna, you'll notice that I'll just mash on, like, jabs constantly yeah. because that's like it's like the easiest thing to do right it's like it's like the one thing where it's like i know at least you know a jab for this character is gonna be the same as a jab from the majority of yeah. the cast right so it's like it's easier to to base your game around that one thing yeah. but it's like if your entire game plan is is based around that it's hard to to you know adjust yeah. it when you switch characters yeah like your panic button is, is not the same with another mm-hmm. character but <laughs> who, who was your your main team in, in tag two Tag two was Ganru Bob, and it was the easiest team. It was easy because Ganru was my main in five, and partly in six. Bob was my main in six, so yeah. So I had nothing to do with like Saint uh, playing that that team. I, I had no idea Saint was even uh, playing that team. I knew Saint. I wow. like by the time I learned of Saint, like yeah, you know, he was a Tekken six Ganru main. I had stopped playing Ganru like completely back then. So when I watch him, I just watch him just to see like how the hell is he doing anything with this character? Because I thought the character sucked, and then I watch Same. and I'm like. No, the character sucks. He's just hella good. <laughs> That's yeah. what I realized. So I was like, all right, I can't do that. So I yeah. just played Bob. And then in tag two, it was just, they worked so well together and it was so easy to make them work t- together that I was like, all right, I can make this work. Cause you know, I, I don't have to learn a new character. I just have to learn their synergy as a team. Yeah. They had good and combos, right? The thing is in that game too, Ganyu was a good character in terms of being just a good partner to anybody. Like yeah. he, he was one of those characters you could kind of fit in with anyone. Bob, also, he w- was kind of like that. So that's the reason why they worked so well together, because they kind of work well with everyone. Yeah, because I, I remember watching Saint back then. And I used to think the same thing, too. I thought Ganyan was a shady character in Tech too. But he was, like, the only guy in, like, the only top Korean player 
playing him. Mm-hmm. And he would make people look like they're just so lost. I mean, he, he was still doing the same thing in, 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 uh, in T7 when I saw that a, a tournament with him. But in TAC, too, like, he, he would just down 4-3 and down 4-1 and just, you know, change up the timing. It looks so simple. Like, the way he does it, it looks so simple. But I don't know how. Like, he, he just, I don't know. He, he made that team work so well. But I was, like, the only guy that, that would play that character back then. And it, it makes more sense when you watch him play other characters, too. Because yeah. then you start to see, like, how he kind of plays that style with other characters like his jack yeah. and his uh yep. his bob but his ganryu is like one of a kind yeah and back then like uh, on the whole like tekken tag 2 was like a ner- you know a nerd a nerd game you know like whoever loves tekken will really love tag 2 i used to watch so much footage of that game like i i could i could just it, and on the way home from school also in high school at the time on the way home from school i'll be watching it on my phone in the bathroom, you know, like everywhere. I was watching Tag 2 death matches from Green Arcade, like all over the place. And that's why I, I started really like uh, understanding, you know, the game more. Because I would watch these guys do things that I was, you know, I was just learning like the, those, those 10 hit combos from every character and thinking I knew how to play Tekken until I started watching those guys play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the hell? Like, the way they move, like just the speed of the game, you know, like the whole backdashing, all that stuff. Like it, it was just like a completely different game when I started watching, uh, like uh, like footage of the game. So, yeah, like I, I would just, I don't know, just such a nerd of the game back then. But I mean, well, nah. it's also it's also different now too because being a nerd in in this era, like it's there's so much more knowledge out there, right? Like I think yeah. you know, like hearing the fact that you were in high school and you're learning about the, the advanced movements and things like that. I feel like I didn't learn about like Korean backdash until I was like 27. It's, it's like. Yeah. It's like <laughs> It's like things like that, like these key, like so, like the the Tekken players nowadays, I think, are like starting so young that they're gonna be like if they stick with the game and the game lives long enough, like they could be hella good. Considering that Tekken has always been a very legacy based game, yeah. So it's like if they, you know, if they stick with it, but at the same time too, Tekken Seven has been around for so long that I don't think legacy skills matter anymore. You know, it's like if you played old Tekkens at this point. And you like you jump into Tekken Seven, it's gonna be super tough because Tekken Seven is its own beast at this point. Yeah, I think yeah, it developed. I mean, we just saw. I don't want to skip too far ahead, but we, the tournaments that, that we're seeing right now, we're seeing a bunch of new guys coming up, and mm-hmm. you know, but you still see the like all the old school players still they're still relevant and in, in you know in top play, which is kind of cool. But man, I I don't know. I don't know how to feel about Tekken. I wish I would have competed in it to see how good I really was, but. Uh, I don't know. I'm just such a big fan of watching the, the tournaments. And again, that, that's when I would only see JDCR and, and, and E come out to compete. <laughs> and that's back when they didn't even like each other, right? There was like some some rivalry before, uh, between the both of them back then. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I love Tag 2. I think it's a great game. But I also just it's just so obvious that it's not for everyone. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's too it's too complicated. There's a lot of different variables that many people don't want to pay attention to or even just don't even care that it exists right it's just more so it's like it's just they would rather just complain about the fact that it exists at all you know yeah and that's it's fine like i i can understand that you know tag 2 was not meant for everybody so it's one of those games where i wish it would have done well like if tag 2 had come out after tekken 7 i don't know if it would have done well either because it's just so complicated but if they could like you know make it like a tekken 7 game or it's like a for nerds maybe yeah. people would like it more you know but it's it tag two was just one of those games where i think it was destined to fail in a sense of the fact that it's just it was too complicated for its own good yeah it's it's really funny like earlier you were talking about atv podcast but um i listened to all those old atv podcasts and just 
there was a lot of shit talk uh, from Eris, you know, at that time about, you know, tag crashes and just mm-hmm. how tag two is lame and how a lot of people <laughs> want to do single battles and shit like that and how that's like really bad for the community too, doing the one v ones, right? Um, I mean, but you you hear all the all those complaints. That they, that's a, a lot of those complaints are also our struggles too, because the thing is that like back then, tag two was not doing well, right? It's like it's in terms of like tournaments, like. When Tag 2 was being held at Evo for those couple of years, right? Like, it used to be Evo would be a three-day tournament where, you know, pools would happen on Friday and Saturday and then finals would happen on Sunday. For Tag 2, Tag 2 was such a small game, they did the entire tournament on Friday. And it's a main game. It's a main game. It's a main game. And, the, you know, they finished on Friday at 3 p.m., you know, yeah. the next the next year. Right. They it wasn't even in the final lineup. They ended up getting added later late, you know, yeah. so I feel like a poser for getting into Tekken 7 when Tag 2 is so fucking lame. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's hot. Nah, you, <laughs> you, it's, the thing is that the reason why Tekken 7 exists is because Tekken's because Tag 2 of how like poorly, poorly yeah, did, right? I think it up. Yeah, you know, I think a lot a lot of people understood that like it's just so complicated, right? Because I remember when the game first came out too, and I'm seeing all these new players try to play the game. And I remember thinking, like, oh, this is a Street Fighter player, you know, and I'm watching him play and I'm realizing like, oh, he doesn't necessarily understand, you know, what's good in a in a 3D fighting game, let alone Tekken, right? And then it's it's hard to to teach him that because there's so many good moves and there's no real like reason to say like, Oh, why is this move good? You know, what should you be yeah. doing in this game? It's so hard. And it's like, there's no tutorial mode either. So it was just like tag two as a game. Like I loved it, but as a competitive game, no, I love, I love that aspect too. It's just, it was just not good for building a, a competitive scene. Yeah. What, what were your what favorite? Were... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to ask about like, uh, tournaments like did you ever go out to any uh any major tournaments for for tag two tag two is evos for sure um but i don't think so because i don't think i started traveling yeah for sure until tekken seven so even for tag two i was pretty actually no wait no no i take that back i think i went to final round i went to one final round and i got my ass blasted <laughs> who did you lose to uh who did i i lost i I know for sure I lost a shin blade. Shin blade hop kicked me with Steve uh, like no. seven times. <laughs> you know, he was a he's a Steve Nina player in tag two, and the, yeah. he, he punches me with with Nina and kicks me with Steve. It was it was fucked fuck? up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember who sent me to losers. Uh, I think it was Big Boy actually from Atlanta. I think that was right. Yeah. yeah so I, I went zero and two in that tournament real fast. But at the same time, I was like, I mean, I knew at the time I wasn't terribly strong at tag two. I just really enjoyed playing it but yeah. i knew like i definitely wasn't like super buff at that game because uh you know it's just like it, it like a lot of the complaints from a lot of people i didn't voice them but i just struggled with them you know like the tag yeah. crashes and all those different variables I, I struggled with them like every other player i just never bothered to complain about them because it felt what's the point you know <laughs> yeah i think my, my favorite part about um the, like the competitive side for tag two was when the the venezuelans started coming out and yeah. El Negro was like the the main one, right? Like the the, the best one that uh, that was playing such a wonky ass yeah. team, right? Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Kumimitsu Raven or some weird team. Yeah, Kumimitsu like Raven Wang Jimpachi, and yeah. these these were like not you know top tournament characters, and he and he was just messing up everybody with those characters. But that, that was probably like that, that's kind of like the 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 Pakistan of of, of today. You know, it's not, nobody the same size, right? Only like a handful right. of players. But to me, it felt like those were like the, the those players just came out of nowhere and they just started, you know, like 
placing really high in tournaments. And that's like one of the first times I saw JDCR lose someone outside of a Korean in, in tournament too. Yeah. And I think that's also just because like, you know, we started seeing like the, not necessarily the growth of just Tekken, but like, you know, esports and video games worldwide, I guess. Yeah. Right. So it's like being able to see people like from Venezuela to travel to America to play in final round and things like that were unheard of, you know, thinking about like maybe during the Tekken five era or the Tekken six era, but like now, you know, in tag two is more common and now it's obviously comp like super common you know now you expect them at every tournament yeah. so it's cool were you so i know the, like during this times like the street fighter 4 revolution were you dabbling in street fighter 4 at all oh yeah, yeah i played street fighter 4 quite a bit uh during like the only the vanilla like during the arcade and the first initial console release in fact you know the the uh they had gamestop tournaments for street fighter 4 when it first came out on console and if you like, so I think there, it was the one that at the end, it ended up being like Daigo versus Justin, you know, like right. the grand finals or whatever. But I ended up, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I ended up, I ended up winning uh, the first two. I, I won, no, I won the first one. I qualified for to go to the second tournament and the second tournament, I ended up getting top two because uh, it was me and this other dude, Sanchez. We ended up making the finals and we both knew that we both qualified for the next tournament. So we just fucked around. And it was like that that tournament actually was funny just because it was a lot of people that didn't know anything about like fighting games or arcades or tournaments in general, right? So it's like I'm playing against this one guy who brought his family and they're holding up signs like saying, Let's go. <laughs> oh god. And we're like you know, you know, we're like in this tiny ass GameStop, you know, and I'm just thinking, I'm gonna beat you up in front of your family. <laughs> I remember a GameStop. Remember it was a there's a Justin Wong documentary called Was It King of Chinatown? And it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it covers that whole GameStop tournament. And I think he got like he he like like what you're saying. He's about to win one, and it's just some dude with his girlfriend, and she's like <laughs> cheering on the guy. And like she says, like and it's like you know it's grand finals or some shit. She says to her boyfriend, "Finish it." But then like Justin Wong, like just perfect. <laughs> it's like the I don't know. That's hilarious, man. I wish I wish that was still the case. Just jobbers coming out. I mean, it was fun though, man. It's just just to see just to see all these people just playing the game for fun, you know. It, it was just on pad, right? I I think I like I think I still have those headbands. You got a headband if you won those tournaments. I'm pretty sure I have one of them. I don't have I I and I think I also won a Street Fighter Four pad, which I ended up putting into a joystick. So it was a, it was a pretty sweet tournament. <laughs> That's pretty cool. All right, so Tekken Seven. There's a long road to Tekken Seven. I guess all the previews, Comic Con. And stuff like that but i mean this is, this is a pretty big gap but i mean how excited were you for tekken 7 when did you kind of first hear about it kind of thing or i'm, I'm sure you knew it was coming right well tekken 7 when if like when we first heard about like 7.0 like it kind of at least for me it was like one of those like yeah we expected it to happen but not so soon type of things and then you know we saw the game and i remember thinking it looks nice but like kind of exactly the same <laughs> you know like it looks like it looked like tech revolution you know so so it was hard yeah. to like get real hype about it and then you know when you played it it felt like tekken you know it just felt like a very very you know uh neutered down version of tekken and so it was fun because it's different right it's single characters but for me it was hard to get into it just because i didn't have a character to play right i'm still like i'm searching right because no ganryu there's yeah. no bob so I just looked for whoever was cheap. And so Shaheen, obviously. And then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the easiest one. Uh, but after it was like 7.0 was fun, but I'm glad it stayed in the arcades because it wouldn't have succeeded as a tournament game in 
on console. Like, and I knew that at the time, like I was thinking this is not the final product. I think they know it's not the final product back then too. So we just waited. Right. So we were just kind of hoping that it evolved into something. And so when it turned into, you know, FR and, and they did that Akuma reveal in that one tournament, which I, to this day, I think that Akuma reveal best trailer all time, like it, like right, yeah. best reveal all time. Like no one knew about that shit. Yeah. So everyone was freaking out. Right. So to add that on behind the FR reveal where it's like, this is the game he's coming out in. It, it was like my hype level from that point was through the roof. Like it was yeah. so crazy high. And I like, you know, I'm not someone to get like super hyped up over trailers or things like that unless it's you know Tekken related but when Akuma came out like it was just like the biggest like left field like what the fuck yeah, like how did they do happen? that it could be a meter in the game like <laughs> yeah it was so confusing at the, at the same time so exciting right so it was like I I gotta see what this is all about you know so when so seeing all those like trailers and just all the hype coming from out of FR it was like I can't wait. I cannot yeah. wait. Like uh, I'm so happy that they they released Tekken Seven and kind of got a feel for everything because for whatever reason they did that it that evolved into FR and then that was like at that moment I was like I I agree with everything they did because FR looks like the game that I wanted to play. I didn't want to play Seven Point I wanted to play FR. Yeah, I think when uh, when Tekken Seven came out, I, I was kind of boycotting the game because there was no Armor King either, so I didn't have like a main <laughs> character. Like I played King and Armor King as my main. And I think Bruce and Jack as like my secondary or something. I forget who it was. Man, you really, you really like the characters that are all gonna die eventually, huh? Yeah, and then <laughs> you know, and then I also had like Dragonov and Steve as like some side team or whatever. But I wanted to play Armor King, and he wasn't there, so I'm like, you know what? Fuck this game. I'm not gonna play. And I was just like not looking at any footage of the game, like nothing at all, unless the game's like out for me to play as well, because it was still only arcade. So I didn't want to just you know give myself. Tekken blue balls and not be able to play the game, right? So mm. I just ignored it for a long time. And the only time I really did pay attention is when I saw that trailer. And I was like, whatever. I, I'll, I'll look at it because everyone was talking about it and like all over the place. I just couldn't avoid it. Was. Did you know who Yeah, was okay. Was? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a new character in, in T70. <laughs> no, I, I was just trying to avoid the game until I saw that trailer. That's the only time I really, you know, like glanced at the game. I was like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah, that shit was crazy. That's like mind melting still. And obviously, yeah. it's not the same, but like the fact that later on they followed it up with Geese, like, mm, holy shit, yeah. like that's big balls right there. That to me is probably my favorite release. When I saw Geese, I had no idea what was going on either. I mean, I had, I had no idea who the hell Geese was. I'm sorry if I offend anyone, but I don't play KOF. <laughs> <K-O-F-D. laughs> I'm going to that you, dude. No, no, I'll, I'll make sure I repeat like 10 times in the podcast but I saw <laughs> I was sitting next to um, um Quinto and then um I saw you know those doors and everything and everyone started just yelling and screaming and I was just looking around like what's going on dude you know and then and then I see uh like he I think those are a pookin or some shit and I'm like what the fuck is that and someone some random dude in the crowd goes that's geese from king of fighters I'm like telling you to know dude I can't believe <laughs> someone actually told me that but you know someone told me in the middle of all that who, who he was <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising, too, right? Like, not too many people, you know, if you're a Tekken-only player, right, it's kind of, yeah. you know, you look like JDCR looking at him, like, who the hell's Geese? <laughs> Never heard yeah. of him before. Yeah. yeah, but Pickle's Mexican, so that's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would play KOF when I was a kid in arcade in, in, in Tijuana, but I I, I don't I didn't know any of these characters. I don't really know KOF. I just I would just play the, the game. You know, I only, I only knew a handful of characters, and that was it. But I don't actually know, like, anything about most other fighting games, just, like, the basics of it, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just pretty much only a, a Tekken player, and then I played shooters on the side. So I, I wasn't really into fighting games until like Tekken Seven or Tag Two. 
so so Rick's this will right off the bat when seven came out, were you Akuma the whole way? You didn't give a shit about Bob at that point? You were just like so hyped on Akuma? No. Yeah, I was I was I was like one of those Tekken purists where I was like, ah, Akuma? Like I I'm excited <laughs> that he's in the game, but I was like, man, like uh, you know, what if any of the Street Fighter players play Tekken, I'm gonna fuck him up, right? I thought, you know, I'm thinking like that. And then uh this GameStop tournament happens on a Wednesday. It's like random ass tournament. It just happens on a, like a convention day. It's like it's a single elimination tournament, and like everyone in SoCal knows about it. So I go to it, and I'm playing. I, I remember I it was a single elimination tournament. I lost to Rip, and I remember thinking when I was losing to Rip, I was playing Shaheen, and he's ducking all these strings that I like. I'm thinking like you didn't even know that was a high, but whatever, <laughs> right? And then it's just it's, it was getting frustrating because I'm playing a character that I felt like I didn't know how to play, and I'm playing against Rip, who's been playing Law since you know before the dawn of time. Yeah. So it was like, man, like what 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 the fuck am I supposed to do? Because Shaheen didn't feel special, right? Like he felt like just a regular ass character, right? And so. After that tournament, I like it was it was the first time I, don't, I think it was the first or second time I got to play FR, and so I go play casuals against Locke and some other guys, and I'm I'm like, yeah, fuck, it, I'll play Akuma, and immediately I was like, this character is fucked up because it was just one of those things where it was like it was so obvious in my mind how he could take advantage of the Tekken system, and so I, I the first thing I did against against everyone I played against casuals jump. I was jumping all day. I was wanting to see how they how they react and what I could get away with. And when I saw what I could get away with, I was like, <laughs> "Hey, SCR is in two weeks. <laughs> I think I can win." I, I that's what I thought. I was like, "Dude, this, this character for what I could do in like fifteen minutes right there, it yeah. felt like how much I could take advantage of." And I'm thinking, "SCR is in two weeks. I could I might be able to actually win that tournament." So I, that. Led, it, Akuma was actually only supposed to be a one tournament deal in my mind. I thought, right? I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm gonna play him at this tournament, see how I do. But then at SCR, I ended up getting fourth. Right? I lost to uh, Congo Jacks Gigas, and in losers, I lost to Punko, uh, the Akuma. Yeah. I lost to his Akuma. I was like, all right, maybe I'm not. I'm done playing Akuma, right? But then I started watching him play, and when I saw him beat Myk the way he did, I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, like. There's so much more I could take advantage of. Yeah, like if a second player knows how to play Akuma, like it, it could, yeah. you know, it's way, way better than what Punga was doing, right? Right. Because I, I was watching him, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, all right, he's just doing Street Fighter shit, right? And it's like, it's yeah. he's a good fighting game player, obviously. He's doing, he's beating Tekken players in a, in a game that he's not really known for. So the fact that he's beating us with Akuma is hella good. And then I'm just watching, I'm just like, but he doesn't know Tekken. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. So. If I could just combine both of those things, you know, I'm thinking I could, I might be able to, to, to do some work with this character. So Akuma ended up becoming the main, just kind of, kind of like a happy accident, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> cause I, yeah. cause it was never my intention, but it just ended up happening. Dude, that, that character has given me so many nightmares, dude. Just from <laughs> going up to WNF and then it's like, who do I have to play against? Ricky. And I, I've never beat you in, in any tournament. I mean, play mostly like at WNFs, but. Every time I would lose to you, dude, I would hit the lab and try and figure out what the hell am I doing wrong against this character? How do I get him off the air? I ended up picking up Lars again and trying to use him to, you know, anti-air you. And I just couldn't, I couldn't never figure it out, dude. Like, I was going through hell just trying to figure out how to beat this character. And I don't know, like, I, th- I feel like back then, I remember, like, even Avery would tell me, oh, that character sucks, dude. Akuma's trash. I'm like, <laughs> like, I was, like, the only guy just talking shit about this character being fucking ridiculous. And then... You know, like, you were, like, the only Akuma player at the time. I feel like, at least in, in SoCal, I would not really see many Akuma players. So, it 
he was kind of like under the radar in a bit, but I don't know. I always thought the character was just so hard to deal with, and I still I don't I don't like that matchup even to this day. I mean, it's understandable, right? Because he just he takes advantage of the system. It's the only reason why I play him. I play him because he does take advantage, and he and he you know gets to yeah. end the rules in his favor, right? Yeah. So, and, and honestly, no lie, I think playing Akuma made me a better tournament player overall because my game plan prior to playing Akuma was never as structured as it is now since playing Akuma because yeah. prior to play, prior to Akuma, right when I'm just a Ganryu Bob player and other Tekkens, I kind of just go in with the game plan of like. Let me just see what works, right? I just hit them and just try to get the win, right? Not really thinking yeah. of trying to adapt or anything. But with Akuma, I knew immediately, like, my game plan revolves around a few things, right? But one of the things I'll take advantage of first is jump. I want to see what my opponent does to this. Because then it's like, all right, if if I jump and they, you know, attack me or they try to interrupt me, for me, I'm thinking, okay, I have, an, I have a way in now. I'm going to challenge every time. I'm going to just keep jumping because yeah. if they challenge me, eventually they'll lose and I'll win in that in that exchange right if they start sidestepping my jump-ins then i'm thinking all right you can't jump in too much i gotta i gotta slow it down i gotta rethink my my you know and all of this happened just because i was playing a different style of character whereas like prior to that i didn't think like that and now because because i did play akuma throughout the beginning of tekken 7 it translated over to my ganryu now so not in Gan, my yeah. ganryu play is more closer to my akuma play than it was to my ganryu play of prior you know which is crazy in my mind to think about considering that i've been playing ganryu for so long you know before and after but akuma yeah. i think had the most impact on my ganryu play than anything else just because of how playing a different play style ended up making my my play style in general just a little bit you know broader so i kind of understand the game a little bit more yeah and i i think for a while like um maybe maybe because you were like the one of the few that was playing akuma i feel like a lot of people were always probably prepping you know for for you in some kind of way so when you start seeing people oh you know how to deal with this but akuma kind of has an option to deal with the things that beat him right like if someone's sidestepping you do have a homie move off of the you know your jump ins and stuff like that so there's always like other, other options that you have with that character and i don't know what made it so hard for me to deal with was it's kind of one of the first few times where i feel like i could not like i can't challenge and i can't take advantage of my of my frames so whenever I'm plus, I'm like, am I really plus or, or am I about to eat a DP right now and, and just get hella pissed and lose a whole round? Because, you know, like that DP would piss me off so much, even if it wouldn't kill me, just getting hit. But I'm like, dude, like this is such bullshit. Like no one has DPs, you know? And and when I first started playing the game, I also didn't even know that you could launch them either. I think one of the first few times that I played you in tournament, like I was so nervous because I had a crowd of people at w watching us and I blocked the DP. And then I heard someone say, launch that. And I think I just did like a one one two or something. Like, Wait, you can launch that? Like, I had no idea. Again, I don't I don't fucking play Street Fighter. I don't know how bad these things are, right? But I had no idea that was like a launch punishable move the first time I, I dealt with it. But I don't know. That character would just get me so mad that I just could not focus. And I could not play tech. And I, was, I would play so Ooh. weird where like nothing would work, you know? Like, I would just play so out of my, like, I don't know. Like, my, I would throw my whole place out the window and just try and like, you know, just freestyle and go out there, and it, just, it would never work. But let, let me tell you, let me tell you a little something then about that, right? Because the what you just described is something that I've, I've like the, my experience as a Tekken player. That kind of thing comes from way back. It's figuring out what to do yeah. to your opponent to make them pissed. Yeah, <laughs> and it's not, and it's I, I'm, I'm telling you because I played enough. It's kind of you can kind of get a good sense of it, and then like when you like when you just start to feel like all right. They're, they're getting frustrated, right? You could just kind of yeah. tell, like, you might, like, it's harder online, but even still online, you could play enough and just be like, 
yeah, yeah, they don't like that, right? And then you start start doing it a few more times, and then you start to realize like they start doing some real dumb shit, you know. Yeah. And it happens. It happens to me. I'm I do it back to them because you know they're pissing me off, right? So yeah. that's like it's such a it's it's a tournament strat that like is often overlooked i think but it's also one of those like you have to i tell people this to be good at a fighting game you have to be an asshole like yeah. you have to be an <laughs> asshole because you're doing you're doing things that you yeah your opponent does not want you to do right that's that's why i suck at tech and i'm like super honorable and like no one's honorable in second no. y'all everyone says that no one's honorable that's true. I do like three lighting screws in a row and shit. But um, dude, <laughs> this guy has gone around the worst. Yeah, this guy <laughs> will play like a first or three. He'll get around on me and just turn off the whole game and say like, and start bragging about that round. Like, he, oh he, come on, dude, lying. you're an uh, asshole, dude. You're an asshole for uh, the wrong reasons, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so would it be fair to say Tekken Seven was your best Tekken? Because I mean, looking at your results, I mean, you're just consistent across the board. I no. would definitely say so. I think the, the Akuma. I mean, uh, right off the bat, it's Akuma helped me out like so much. I'm and. I'll say it's the Akuma experience, the fact that I, there were so many more tournaments happening because, you know, prior to, to Tekken 7, right? Tag 2, we just had weeklies, you know, and uh, uh, Evo every now and then a few majors. But when Tekken 7 came out, like, it felt like, you know, that's when more, you know, that was around the time when Street Fighter 5 came out, right? So you got more and more tournaments and more and more just all these, like, events happening so yeah. often that Sponsors it's like... It's, too. Yeah, it's like it's so easy to just constantly play, right, and, and get high level competition at the same time it was being able to play high level competition is what like allowed me to get better right i think that playing akuma forced me to play better players right because i was getting results that in my mind i didn't deserve i'm being honest i did in my mind i did not deserve a lot of these results because of akuma but because i got far enough to play people you know to play good players right like koreans i've managed like prior to tekken 7 i've managed to avoid playing any koreans because I just managed to suck so much. <laughs> like I managed to avoid them in the majority of all brackets, but it's like Tekken seven. I just kept playing and kept do- getting good results because, you know, Akuma uh, gave me that ability. Right. And then just being able to, uh, at least I'm thankful. The fact that I recognized that Akuma was a lot of the reason why I did well, because then I could kind of separate that from, all right, now how do I get better? You know, how do I match my skills so that yeah. at least, you know, my Akuma doesn't look like he's the main reason why he's carrying me, you know? Right. So I just had to figure out some way to get better as a player. And I think just overall playing so much as well as just talking to so many people, just like, you know, being at Wednesday Night Fights weekly, being able to just talk about Tekken, you know, with the other players, just like, and getting different, you know, ideas and thoughts and just how people play. It was such a, it was like, I definitely think I learned a lot about Tekken during Tekken 7, even though I've been playing Tekken for so long, I felt like I learned the most during Tekken 7, especially in the early, early days. So, you know, speaking of Akuma and, you know, getting those results, Combo Breaker 2019, probably the one, you know, set that I'll show to, like, my casual friends who don't even know anything about Tekken. It's like, <laughs> oh, you have to see this. This is the hypest shit ever. Like, you'll, you want to start watching these tournaments. So... Man, can you just walk us through that set? I know we're kind of robbing you of time, but we're... we're <laughs> no, it's good. That it's is, cool, man. The, I mean, we talked about it last week with Cuddlecore, where it's like, you know, that's offline Tekken right there. The whole crowd getting on their feet, you know, over <sighs> just some of the most epic shit. Um, can you talk about that? Having, like, the, probably the most memorable set of, you know, all of Tekken 7? Honestly, I can't remember too many other ones. I know Super Akuma had, like, a sick Akuma combo, but I forget. I mean, I, all I remember is, you know, you versus me, so... 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely like, uh, oh, it's a cherished moment, right? I, I'm I'm gonna cherish that moment, even though I lost at the end of the day. That's probably gonna sting more than the moment itself for me personally. It's just one of those things where like I'm glad I was part of that moment, and you know, uh, overall, it, man, it was just a that entire tournament itself was crazy for me, just because like. Before that top eight, I you know that was a uh, we had to wake up early because I think I forget the first match started at eight or ten, but top twenty four was prior to that top eight, so I had to wake up uh, and I had got like two or three hours of sleep. Like I I do not sleep well on the road, and like that was in one day too. Like Combo Breaker, they have a twenty four hour venue, right? So I'm thinking if I'm out of the tournament, I'm just gonna play games, you know, twenty four hours yeah. nonstop, right? I'm in the tournament still. I'm in the winter side. So I'm thinking, oh, I can't, I, I'll, I got to go to bed. Right. So I'm in, I'm in my room at 12. I'm like, all right, I'll knock out now. And then, you know, wake up and then I'll go to the tournament. I didn't, I slept at like five and I maybe got like an hour of sleep. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on. I just could not fall asleep. So that day I was just like groggy as hell, super tired. I got two bananas. JDCR wanted one. So I fed him. And then he, <laughs> and then he beat me up in the tournament. <laughs> It was like we, I think I think I was the first or second match of the day, right? So it was like I'm mad tired, but you know at the same time I'm thinking, you know, it's it is what it's like, he's tired too, right? We got to play. So yeah. me and JDCR play, he beats me, uh, and then between that, I had to wait like a couple hours before I played my next match, which was Speed yeah. Kicks, and like that match too was definitely hard, but I, I kind of felt like I was gonna I, I could win that match just because. Yeah, I don't know. It's just Akuma. <laughs> you know, it's Akuma. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, I, felt, I felt confident in that match going into it. And then when I went up against Nii, though, the biggest concern for me was what character he was going to pick. Because I played him prior to that, Evo Japan. We had played um, Paul Akuma. And he 6 would me so fast. I don't think he remembered we ever we ever played that set. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm I he was it was the fastest set of my entire life, like one of the fastest, and it was one of the most embarrassing sets too because there's this girl behind us, and I knew she's like a cosplayer, and and she said something in Japanese. She's like, "Oh, it's me. I need to watch him." And so I'm thinking, "Oh yeah, you need to watch his ass beat. I'm about to give knee real quick." <laughs> And then and then Neith six owes me, you know, beats me down. Yeah. And then she goes, That was fun. And then she walks away. <laughs> and so there went my day. There went my day, you know. So but you know what? I'm 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 I think that because Neith doesn't remember that match, he yeah. forgot how badly he beat me up because when he picked Brian on me, that was like the biggest shock, right? Because I was thinking I was thinking Devil Jin, Paul. I was, I was just thinking Paul because Paul does really yeah. well against Akuma, and I tend to do terrible against Akuma, uh, against Paul. But he, when he went to Brian, I was like, all right, first things first, he's trying to show off, right? Because you know yeah. he's a Brian main. Yeah. But for Bad me personally, character. for me personally, I was like, I I don't like I don't like the knee that plays you know Steve. I don't I, I wasn't a fan of Paul's knee. You know, I was a fan of Brian yeah. knee. You know, so the fact that he played Brian against me, I was. I didn't take it a disrespect. I took it as like almost like a finally, you know, I was like, yeah. right, I want to play against this. You know, I want to play against the character that you're most known for, even though if it's not your best character. And I definitely don't think it was his best character at the time. Yeah. But, you know, just playing that set, I the confidence kept growing throughout the set, even though like I was losing early on. I just felt like, you know, I could tell right off the bat that he was really trying to do anti Akuma shit as well as also style on me. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I I knew the first part was going to be a tough part to get to get through, but the second part, the him trying to style on me, I was like, I can take advantage of that. I know for certain I can take advantage. of what that. What was he trying to do? Like, was he trying to taunt do like, taunt, he's, ta- yeah. he's trying to taunt Jet Upper. I knew I knew it too immediately, right? I could tell because I'm I'm back rolling all these things and he's already taunting and like dashing yeah, up real yeah. aggressive. And so I'm like, oh, he's trying to show off, you know. So then I'm, I, it's you know, I don't I don't take any like disrespect to that. I'm thinking, all right, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a show, right? You got to try yeah. to show off. So I. I just when I saw it though, I was like, "That's my that's my way in. That's the only way I can I can win is by kind of taking advantage of those small moments and then hopefully just you know snowballing it." And the first game didn't go my way. The second game definitely went my way with some random bullshit that <laughs> happened. I I killed him with the with the Tatsu, a heavy Tatsu, which I think yeah. was actually supposed to be a wall standing four four. Yeah. <laughs> oh my so, god, are you serious? Yeah, so that shows oh, you what, what my hands were doing, right? Yeah. Like, my hands were not in, like, my hands were definitely overthinking. They were yeah. mashing real hard. Like, I I'm sure commentary is like, oh, genius, genius Tatsu. I'm sure. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It, I mean, it, was, it was just one of those things where I was like, ah, man, like, it, it's working out, but my hands are not yeah. doing what I want them to do. And then, and then the third game was the big one, right? And, uh, I got a good start and I had, I felt, I thought the momentum was on my side. And then when that round happened where, you know, I was winning and then I dropped the FADC combo off the Shoryuken and everyone that watched was like, why are you being so greedy? You know, like, yeah. why would you not spend it? And I'm, should, and, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, and I was, and the, oh, it's so frustrating because a couple hours prior to that, I was talking to Rip and Rip was like, how can we never do back one combos with Akuma? Right. And I'm thinking, just do jab deep DP and then I'll FADC. I'll never drop that combo. Yeah, it's easy. Never <laughs> drop that. I, that's what I said. I said never. <laughs> and then in that moment, I drop it and oh, I was I was like, right then, Rip's words came back to me and I was like, oh fuck, I, I gotta win this round. I'm panicked, <laughs> right? And so like some shit happens. He whiffs something, and I think I tried to punish with one two, and the one was just too far off, so I yeah. missed. And then he launched me right then and there. I was like, all right. How much how much meter do I have? How much health do I have? That's what I looked at. I looked at my meter and my health. And I'm like, I have enough health to survive a mix-up if it's not a taunt jet upper. I have I'm gonna have I have full meter, obviously. So what the hell am I gonna do with this? <laughs> and I honestly one strat that I've ever heard this is a strat that I've heard from Street Fighter players, this dude Sanchez. He says, never die with meter. <laughs> never die with meter. And I was like, I looked at my meter. I'm like, if I'm going out, I'm going out spending, you know. So I sp- I spent it on the on the <laughs> super. And <sighs> let me just tell you, I definitely thought I died, hundred percent. I think I thought everyone I thought you died. I was yeah. watching. I'm like, oh, you, why would you know? You're dead. Mm-hmm. But that slow mo <laughs> felt like forever, dude. Like there was such a it was such a long slow mo, and then you see the, the Kuma, you know, step back and. Then, like what the fuck <laughs> like it yeah. was crazy your facial expression was hilarious too you like grabbed your heart and i was like holy shit <laughs> like the, crazy yeah because because that was that was my genuine reaction i thought i was dead so when i saw that my character was alive it's like you know you're shocked right my face was shocked because i was like how the fuck did i live how did i kill him what what sorcery yeah. did i do here you know and then but the uh, there's a handful of things that happened there right so the crowd making all this noise which was insane it was like yeah. it was the it was too loud <laughs> it, it too must loud. have been the loudest like reaction that whole uh weekend right it's it's weird it's weird because when like i remember when evo ended up getting real big when the crowd noise started sounding fake like because you know it gets yeah. so big that like you know like you just hear the crowd and it's like wow it sounds like it's piped in from yeah. speakers right yeah but that one 
you felt like because everyone was yelling and they were so close to the stage like you could feel the bass like yeah. pushing, <laughs> pushing the stage around i was like what oh, the fuck is God. happening and then so i freaked out and then i i'm like all right, i have to win this last round and then i sit down and i look at knee and knee is looking at the screen not even paying attention to what just fuck just happened around him and i'm thinking I fucked up. Yeah, he, he's, oh, I, I saw like I, he had like a small little like like uh. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Eyes, he was like like what like but he instantly like back yeah, back he, to he, business. He locked in a lot faster than I did because yeah. the thing is, if I if I had seen him look back, I would have been like, oh, okay, he's a little flustered, right? I didn't see that. Yeah. I only saw him locked in. So in yeah. my mind, I thought he did not give a shit about what just happened. Yeah. So oh, you, you, you ever hear oh, that? Ever, you ever hear that phrase of like uh like the people who are first and not looking back at the people who are, you know, behind mm-hmm. them. It was one of those things. I saw you look over at me and he's just looking at the screen. Yeah. You know? I, and it's- <laughs> I think I would have been better off not looking at me at all because I, my, my initial, I looked at him just to see what his yeah. reaction was because I was thinking, all right, whatever his reaction is, I can take that knowledge to the final round. Right. I wish I never took that knowledge to the final round because it was knowledge I did not want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cause he was, he was so, he was so in the zone. It felt yeah. like, right. When, you know, in hindsight, he, he was flustered a little, you know, of but course. it was just like, ah, it, yeah. it was such a crazy moment. And at the end of the day, I wish I hit that FADC, but yeah. you know, if I hit that FADC, there's a better chance I win the set, but there's definitely a, Hundred percent chance I don't get that moment. Yeah. So of course, because you would have you would have meter, but you wouldn't have had that that crazy ass moment that were that everyone will remember you for. You know, yeah. like that's yeah. one of those crazy ass moments that cannot be repeated. Like I don't see that happening ever again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's 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 hard for me to feel like yeah, I have one of the sickest moments in, in, a, <laughs> in a game's history, right? Because it's like. I, I feel like you save that for like the best players, the top players, you know. So it's like when it, when it's a guy getting seventh place, <laughs> it feels weird. But it's like it is a moment that I cherish, right? It's a sick moment because it's like even as a in that moment, I had no idea who was going to win. So at that moment, mm-hmm. I was a spectator too, right? Yeah. So I'm just I'm in shock with everyone else, dude. It's it's a good thing you didn't hit that FADC because you're probably you probably wouldn't have been on this podcast if you did hit that. <laughs> That. that one drop combo put me on the podcast. That's it. Dude. No, I'm saying like you'd be too big. You'd be like Hollywood. You'd be like fucking Uyu or some shit. Or I don't. I don't know. Dude. I like that no. idea better. That one drop combo is the reason why I'm on this podcast. <laughs> I like that. But um, okay. So damn, we feel like we're robbing you of time. But I, I want to kind of end this on uh, resolve this. But uh, so T7, um, you're, you're doing commentary and stuff like that. What, what are your plans for? Tekken moving forward, you're kind of a pillar, kind of a face of the scene, kind of thing like that. I'm like, um, yeah, I'm just curious, like, what, what's next for you? I mean, honestly, it's I'm just kind of waiting it out, trying to see what's next for Tekken. You know, I think Tekken in itself is kind of in a weird spot right now, right? It's like, because it, Tekken, this is the longest Tekken has ever lasted as a game. You know, Tekken's lifespans as a new game is usually two years max, right? We yeah. rarely, this is the first time we've ever had seasons, or anything like that, you right. know. So this is a uh, uncharted territory for basically every fighting game now, especially with the you know the situation we're in. But for Tekken, you know, I think I'm, I'm I I just want to see something like for the next year. Like I want I'm just hoping the tournament scenes come back somehow, some way, just so you know we can just get like some Tekken action back because I feel yeah. like Tekken got robbed, right? I feel like we were just getting into like, such a great 
you know, life. And then we even saw it, right? With Arsenal going to CEO, you know, yeah. still winning and doing good there, but we didn't get Japan to show up. I, I yeah. just feel like there's a lot of storylines that we are still unresolved. And Tekken, I think, still has a lot of good storylines left in it for Tekken 7. And I know a lot of people want Tekken 8 already. And I'm kind of, I'm not there yet, but I, you know, I can see where people are coming from. But I, I just, I want one more year of just Tekken 7, like, just to finally, like, you know, just wrap it up you know what i mean yeah. like kind of put a bow on everything and then if, as, as, if that happens i just hope i'm a part of it too you know i just want to yeah. be able to commentate or participate in it as much as i can yeah like i i, I don't know if uh like i'm not i'm not sure if they're gonna make a new game or another season but i'm i'm still interested in watching the game competitively like like you mentioned all those all storylines like we're seeing all these different pakistani players that are coming out like and also the last time that uh, we saw Nee versus Arslan, right? Nee finally got him back, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen what happens, you know, now. But like all these, all these matchups that that um that are still there, they're still exciting. Like I, I would totally be down for another year of this game. But I'm just, I'm not sure if if uh like what would they even do for a new Tekken? Like I can't see anything. I, mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't see any new mechanics coming in, or I don't, I don't know what they would do if it's gonna be a tag game. I don't think it would be, but. I don't know. I'm just also I'm kind of waiting. Like, should I even invest in this game still? Because I'm not really like competing at all. I'm just kind of playing it very casually. But I don't know. Like, what would you want? Would you want another season, or would you want another like more seasons rather, or, or another another title? I mean, I'm okay with I'm okay with one more season. But I'm okay, honestly, if they don't do one more season and they just let let the game rock for what it is for yeah. the for the final, right? And then just like yeah. say like this is the final version of the game, you know, and then. The new yeah. Tekken is going to come out soon, hopefully. And- I mean, the thing is that Tekken hasn't, I mean, it's it's evolved in a weird way. Like Tekken 5 and Tekken 6, it was kind of like just piling on top of each other in yeah. terms of like mechanics. And then they got overboard with Tag 2, right? Like mechanics yeah. were overboard, right? And then so then they toned it down a ton with Tekken 7. So, yeah. you know, they could start adding mechanics back, right? They could make maybe make the throw game, you know, back to revert it to what it was before. Maybe make Oki a little bit different. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of different directions they could go. Uh, I, you know, for me, I don't, I just, I want to play the game the way they design it, though. You know, I yeah. don't really, I don't really like to play God in, in fighting games. Yeah, because, request things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just because I know, number one, number one, it's like, I'm selfish, right? I'm going to ask for dope mm-hmm. things for my, own, for my own benefit, but it's also yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know what makes a good fighting game good. You know, it's like yeah. I might have ideas, but it might not translate, you know, so nicely into into fighting games. So yeah. when it comes down to Tekken, though, I, I, a new season would be sick. I don't know if they can do a new season, though. But and then to be honest, I don't know if they will do a new season. I think what I think they're mm-hmm. probably just going to go for another Tekken. But I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. I just hope that whatever comes for 2022, at least as a competitor, Tekken 7 is still around because. Yeah. I think there's still so many, so many storylines that are are left unfinished that I yeah. think need to need to have some sort of you know resolution. Yeah, and do you think this game would die off if another uh, you know another one comes out? Tekken Eight comes I, out. Yeah, I think so. I think Tekken always self cannibalizes itself because it's never had a, a game outlive itself other than like Tag One, and Tag One was a very like it was just because Tekken Four was so different, right? So unless Tekken right. Eight is so drastically different from Tekken 7 that people don't want to switch, I, which I don't see happening. Like I think Tekken 8 will just be the new Tekken for from here on out if if that's if that's a new uh, Tekken that they go with. For sure. And are you going to step up commentary, do you think, or just keep it at the level you're at kind of here and there? Mm, just yeah, see how it goes. You know, I'm... Uh, 
as comment as a commentator, I love doing it, but it's also one of those things where it's like I love competing so much too. You know, it's all it's the main reason why I even play fighting games. Right, the the competition aspect of it is like the big thing. So I love commentating about. It. I love talking about the knowledge that you know that I see from other players and you know can share knowledge with other players, but. And just being able to compete is nothing like it, you know? So I'm just, I think I'm just going to be greedy and try to do as both as much as I can, <laughs> just because, you know, it's so, it's so fun to be able to commentate as well as compete. For sure. It's like a survival horror, dude. It's, it's that thrill. <laughs> it but, uh, okay. Well, we've robbed you of more time than I said that we would be doing this, but uh, Rick's the work and the people find you, your ghost tech and Twitch streams and all that. What are your socials? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and at Twitch on Rick Steezy, R-I-C-K-S-T-E-E-E-Z-Y. Three E's, right? Yes. Man, awesome. whoever took Rickster on Twitch or on Twitter <laughs> ruined my entire, like, <laughs> I could have just said Rickster, but now it's like, I had to say three E's. Yeah, you got to count them out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> For sure. But dude, thank you so much, man. You yeah. Always, I think both of us definitely always admired you. You're just, you know, you're like a, a bright, you know, I don't even know what the word is, but you're like a just a fun <laughs> person out in the night sky, dude. Yeah, something like that. And it you're just always laughing. You're always bringing the fun. Just it's. I feel like you probably underestimate yourself, like how much fun you bring to tech and so Yeah, appreciate. You I'm, well, I'm glad to hear that from you, honestly. Yeah, thank you for dropping that FADC combo, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. All right, you're welcome. That's the, first, that's the first. That's the first time I've ever said that about yeah, that. You're dude. welcome. <laughs> just, just own the. Just own it, dude. But thanks for, thanks for coming on, dude. Yeah, <laughs> man. Thank thoughts. you. All right, buddy. All right. Peace.